0: hello
1: <laughs> what's happening weirdos Va- this is a big day valerie ha- and i had our baby she's
0: right here
1: you can listen to her suck a little bit no she's not on her boob <laughs> on a pacifier she stopped as soon as she stopped she's not she's not
0: ready for
1: showbiz <laughs> she's not she's not a showbiz baby
0: oh.
1: we had our baby we are so excited her name is Leela. She is seven pounds, eight ounces. Oh, oh,
2: there you go.
1: She is what? How many inches? 20. 20 inches. 20 inches. Oh, she just fed and she might be a little gassy. I was, <laughs> we wanted to get some of her on here. She's actually being really, really good. Really, really sweet. She's, uh, I don't really know how to phrase it. Consolable, you know, she responds to hugs and kisses and bouncing and all that good stuff. And I know this is the part where I'm supposed to be like, we are so tired. Uh, I think maybe that comes later because Val had a 50 hour labor at home. 50 hours, two full days and two full nights where neither of us slept. <laughs> And since then, we've only slept in pockets of, at most, four, four hours. But there's just so much, I'm sure, adrenaline is at play. There's so much love and joy that it it was... Yeah, it's really, really hard to put into words. And I, I, I told Val, I was like, we, we need to record an intro. And I was like, let's not do the full story um, just yet, because it would be nice to have Val and, and I on microphones and do it properly. Um, maybe we'll bring in, I've wanting to, been wanting to talk to Moshe Kasher, somebody else who had a baby recently, and we can do like a baby chat, a proper baby chat. But like the labor was insane and long, and we had a wonderful doula named Ivy who who did an amazing job at sort of um, tricking us <laughs> to stay at home, which was exactly what we should have done because of course the, the contractions start and you think it's time to go. Like the pain is crazy. And it feels like go time and you think it's going to be like a movie and water breaks and we're going to get in the car and speed to the hospital. When really the reality was uh, her contractions were close. We were using an app to measure the contractions and the app kept going, go to the hospital. And um, <laughs> we were talking about it. We were like, well, for, for legal reasons, it probably has to be on the you know, prudent side to tell you to go to the hospital. We didn't for two days. She stayed at home had so many baths and we were living in a world of, of micro increments, meaning we would um, should have a contraction for a minute, two minutes, minute and a half of just like really intense pain, horrible pain that I can't speak to, but I, I witnessed and would be rubbing her back and just listening to really, really intense pain sounds. And then we would sleep knowing that we only had three to five minutes we would sleep for 90 seconds. I didn't even know this was a possible thing. But you, you'd you sleep for 90 seconds and then come back. And Val was unbelievable. I'm not just saying that. She was a goddess. She was a warrior. And just really, really stayed present and with it and loving the whole time. There was no, you did this to me. She was in it. We took it one contraction at a time if she was overwhelmed would talk about it would work with it um the doulas were amazing there was actually two there was a night doula um named Setha and a day named ivy and they were amazing and when i say trick i mean like everybody's sort of no i don't want to say panicking but you're like we gotta go and doula's jobs are to be like let's let's relax and 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 she's reading the signals and interpreting valerie's moans over the phone then later in person and being like, I think you have a long way to go. So we went two full nights of that. And I'm so glad we did. Because even though the hospital was comfortable, um, being at home was so much more comfortable. We were, I mean, I I don't want to share too many details, but there was a lot of massaging. And that sounds like a vaginal massage. I just mean I was rubbing her back and, you know, you have to hold her hips together was one of the only things I could do and i do not work out so my arms would be shaking cuz I, I i'm not used to exerting myself in any way
2: <laughs> i love that you are
0: telling the story <laughs> i just want to i, I guess love it. it's so sweet. we
1: can do it the whole the whole thing another time but <laughs> i'm realizing we didn't we haven't really told it i know
0: you did a good job
1: and what am i leaving out you were in a lot of pain and the bath they call it the midwife's, ep- the midwife's epidural. Ugh. It was incredible because nothing was helping you. Right. Nothing was help. It's no. insane. There's nothing you can say
2: no.
1: to make it better. Mm-hmm. And then you'd get in the tub and at least it was a little bit better.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the only thing you're leaving out is you are making it sound like I am like a real special warrior and had the baby at home. Oh you yeah, no, not. you did not I, I did labor for 50 hours at home But then we went to the hospital And I got an epidural for the last 8 hours And it Promptly whoo, It was a game changer
1: And you were 6 centimeters This is pregnant talks. That's how <laughs> dilated she was um, When she Like people don't know that This is special pregnant talk People yeah, know what that means She was 6 centimeters dilated Which is a good amount When you got to the hospital Yeah. So, and that's what our doula kept saying You want to be here as long as you can In the comfort of our own bed or our own tub and all these things, then we get there and I took a photo of you before your epidural and then after your epidural, Mm -hmm. and it was just a joke. You looked. It was like so. It was like one of those things where like you put something off just to make it better when you do it. Yeah. I know this sounds stupid, but like you're like I'm not gonna have weed or cake for a month and then you eat cake like. The fact that we were—you were a little nervous that our doula's would be too crunchy, and they wouldn't—they would kind of secretly not want you to get an epidural. Yep. But they were amazing. Yeah. They want you to use a code word because everybody says I want an epidural, but they want you to go into a deeper part of your brain and retrieve a code word. And your code word was—well, uh,
0: I'm embarrassed because I always talk about Moana on the podcast. But
1: that's why they'll love it and know it. Well, it
0: was. Heart of Tafiti, which is... A tell
1: them kind of your thing. joke one.
0: But my joke one that I almost did, but then I was embarrassed to tell the doula was, give me the drugs, Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then your other one. We had a lot of different code words that we yeah, considered.
0: It was like band names. It was fun yeah. to try and think of ones that we would do. Um, oh, holy shnikes. Was that it? That's it.
1: Holy shnikes. But then we didn't want to take a code word that you might want to say. Right. And who doesn't want to say holy shnikes when they're in love? Uh,
0: there were so many times where opportunities for jokes, like if I had been able to do it in a moment where I was like really in pain and yeah. I had said holy shnikes, it would have made you laugh so hard. I know. Well,
1: but you were I, wonderful. <laughs> thank you. There was levity, remember? Yeah. Levity. Uh I was DJing it, so I was putting on all these songs. (laughs) We did everything. We got, like, electric candles. The hospital was amazing. They didn't care about any of this. Yeah. You got there, went into the bathroom to put on your gown and stuff, and by the time you came out, I had turned it into a spa, basically. Yep. A little speaker and candles. Mm -hmm. And we were listening to all these songs that mean stuff to us.
2: Yeah. It
1: was actually one of the more overwhelming parts of it was before... Everybody talks about the baby comes out and that being the swell. But we kind of experienced a, a long feeling of emotion yeah. throughout, yeah. if that makes sense. And I joked to you, I said, how funny would it be? You're pushing at this point. And I said, what if I put on my podcast? <laughs> yep, yeah, it
0: was perfect. It made me laugh so hard.
1: But we were laughing. This is the other thing that people don't really talk about, was in between pushing, you, we were talking... In calm tones, obviously you had had the epidural. This is the
0: epidural. This I understand is the difference. I understand,
1: but don't most people get epidurals? I,
0: I don't know about most people, but yeah, it, it's it's common
1: for a reason. Every nurse we talked to had an epidural.
0: Yeah, and it felt like most I had, of our
1: friends had epidurals.
0: I felt like I had two labors. I had like the hippie, crunchy labor at home, moan like a primal beast woman, and I did that, which
1: we. Yes, yeah. and then you had your post.
0: And then I had an epidural one where it was just heaven and we were
1: cracking jokes. and. Post epidural was like, was a euphoria.
0: Yeah, so it was perfect in that way. I, I experienced both kinds.
1: And the, speaking of the moans, I remember the moans being like, you're trying to get you to go low in them. Yeah. So it's like, ah, and you want to be like, oh, yeah. which was really...
0: Should I try to do one? Sure. What it sounded like? Is yeah. this weird? No. Okay. Well, it's supposed to do Yeah, that's true. I'm making it weird. Okay, this is this is pretty much what Pete heard for 50 hours straight.
1: <sighs>
2: <laughs>
1: that brought back. I didn't know that the worst for us. Again, we had an epidural. The worst part was. What's called pre-labor, you're not in full labor where you're pushing, Mm -hmm. active labor. Mm -hmm. So there's this thing, by the way, none of our parents have heard of this. There's just labor and then a baby, (laughs) labor and then pushing. I didn't know this. I didn't know there's pre-labor, which is what you experienced for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. I was laying on the bathroom floor with one hand up because I I was dead, tired.
0: By the way, pre-labor is like the worst name for this because... yeah. Because it's like you're you feel like you are going in you, like you're experiencing the most pain of your life. And people and are like, pretty- this is the big this is just before the yeah.
1: actual labor, the appetizer. This is the, yeah. the blooming onion. Yes. Exactly. You were a blooming onion. Aww. Aww. Is that
0: cute? I don't know. <laughs> I
1: think so. Well, there, there was a lot happening. And then oh, I forget what I was going to say. Um, oh, I didn't... And that's the worst part. That was the worst part for us. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. this never... Like, I. this is an, a comparison that our doula made. It's like when you're surfing, you're trying to walk your board out and waves won't stop coming. Mm-hmm. And that's actually... I have a very vivid memory of surfing and getting so frustrated and scared and overwhelmed that waves wouldn't stop coming. And we called your contractions, waves, mm-hmm. and that's what was, obviously there were sheer terror and deep, primal, horrible pain, mm-hmm. but it had that relentless, I had no idea that that was, because then we get there and the doctor is like, women like the pushing part, especially if you have an epidural, is the good part, it feels good, Yeah. because you're having all these contractions that don't really do anything, they are, but pushing when you're having a contraction Leads to a result.
0: Yeah,
1: you're the result.
0: This is the result.
1: And we watched her come out, and it was amazing. And I touched her head while she was still kind of inside you, which was incredible.
2: Yeah, this is very
0: cool. Oh my god. Uh, There you go. There's the full story.
1: That's the full story. And then we were in the hospital for two days, and we just got home.
0: We just got home a couple hours ago.
1: People driving all fast got me kind of upset. Got you home safe. Placed you in your bassinet. William Smith, <laughs> the one <I> and <laughs> only. Willenium Smith. Oh. 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 So obviously there'll be lots of baby stuff on the podcast, but I wanted to share the broad strokes of the story. Share the share the the mitzvah. It's unbelievable. We're so happy, and she's beautiful and incredible. And as I already said, Val was incredible. And it, it, it's just next level stuff. So that's the update. I'm sure we'll Instagram something at some point. And uh, Val's closing the door and the baby. Now I'll tell you what I really think. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did a 40 minute confessional. I am freaking out. I'm not, we're not freaking out. We're, we're loving it and having it uh, moment by moment. And it's the best. Um, any more Will Smith lyrics? Easy on the swears. Uh, Same as usual, this is Dax Shepard. Obviously, we, we recorded this before the baby. Valerie is in this episode. She listens to Dax's podcast, Armchair Expert, and loves it, and was convinced that Dax and I were basically the same person, but with a few key differences. So she wanted to sort of, I wanted her to sort of moderate, not her word, but that's kind of what happened, explaining how we're similar. We ended up chatting a lot. Um, and I'm excited for you guys. You guys know Dak Shepard. Come on, he's incredible. And listen to his podcast. I've done it since, since this recording. Uh, I do want to point out, if I can remember, I'm going to be in San Francisco in a month, uh, the weekend of the 25th at Cobbs, which is the comedy club where Val and I met, which is amazing. Uh, and I'm going to be running my new hour uh, right before my special taping which is in November in Portland, Oregon and we added more shows November 3rd uh, so it, the the taping sold out but I believe there are still tickets available for November 3rd the night before uh, the two warm-up shows which are going to be uh, incredible there's also some Largo shows coming up I'm at Largo once a month if you're in LA <gasps> keep an eye out for that um Excuse me. The last one had Zach Galifianakis, um, Ali Wong. They're always amazing, is my point. And I happen to know for a fact that the next one is incredible and has a musical thing to it that's comedic and incredible. So you you should come out to that one. That's a that's a little tease. Asterisks. Lineup subject to change, but it should be incredible if it works out, and I think it will. Um, okay, Pete's Picks, swearing by him, got home, loaded up. First one is Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. Charlotte's Web is a CBD oil. It's made from the hemp plant. It's legal in all 50 states. It doesn't get you stoned or high, just takes the edge off, makes you a little quicker to smile, lower anxiety. This is a me, this is what it does for me. Helps me relax, helps me sleep, but also if I'm working, I take it in the morning when I work and it helps me just kind of uh, ease into the day. So it doesn't, there's nothing about it that reminds me of weed. It, it doesn't have that like cloudy feeling. In fact, it helps me think, helps me work, helps me not take life too seriously. That's a good way to put it. The best thing to do is to try it. I get the mint chocolate. I get Everyday Advance because you can literally just take drops. So a bottle of Everyday Advance will last you a very long time. Um, I get mint chocolate. Did I already say that? And you go to cwhemp.com/weird and uh, use promo code Keep It Crispy. I also am obsessed with the bomb. They make this bomb. Where is it? Here it is. It's called Hemp Infused Bomb. It has uh, obviously hemp in it and uh, other soothing things. Incredible. Uh, rub it on sore muscles. Ooh, I swear by it. It's incredible. You can get that with the discount as well. Uh, the other one is Alpha Brain. It's a nootropic. It's earth-grown ingredients. It's a uh, supplement that I take every single day, before podcasts, before I write, before I do stand-up, before I want to have a good conversation. It doesn't matter. I just I take it on days that I have off just to help me think. It helps with focus. It helps with concentration. It helps with memory. Helps me just understand things. Helps me access my thoughts and my vocabulary. It's wonderful. Um, it's not a stimulant like coffee. There's no up feeling to it. You take it, it just gives your brain nutrients that it needs to eat, to work. And that's what I love uh, about it.
2: <laughs>
1: I need some. I haven't taken any today. Because of, you know, baby. Hospital baby. Go to onnit, com slash weird and you get 10% off anything you see on that page. The landing page, there's different products there. I swear by it. Try Pete's Pick. It's a great way to try something new and show your support of the podcast and we're so happy to share this good news with you and there'll be lots and lots and lots more updates here's an old conversation we had a couple weeks ago with my new friend Dak shepherd who is incredible listen to armchair expert hope to see you in san francisco or portland oregon or largo valerie y'all get in no you can't you got the baby never mind you want you want to say get into it get into it from the baby's room for the first time yes so dax welcome we're we're recording you oh, have wow. a podcast? no headphones no this is new for me well Katie okay. uh. <laughs> can't get the fancy kit Okay. The mobile kit? Seen a few mobile kits with headphones. When you you go to the
3: studio, (laughs) do you wear the headphones? Yeah, I love the headphones. I love the headphones. (laughs) I think it's my egomaniacal. Well, I like listening to
1: my own show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you just like listening to your own voice? Well, something
3: happens when you talk uh, into the microphone and then it comes out the earphones. I feel smarter. I I feel like I got really, uh, like, at least. Four IQ points smarter when I hear my voice through the headphones. Thank you so much. I
1: completely understand. I've often fantasized. I think it would be great. One time the Boston Globe came to my house to interview my family for a thing they were doing about me. Mm -hmm. And they were so locked in. like They weren't like my regular parents, especially my dad. I have a joke that you can't spell dad without ADD. He's very Uh confused. Sure. Not confused. Absent-minded, maybe? He's just in his own head. He's stuck in his own head. He's having brilliant thoughts, I'm sure, but he's not really a very present person always. Okay. Bring the press in... He, he dialed the fuck wa- in. He was dialed in. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, this is like the dad that wooed my mom. Like, yeah. This was like his hot dad. You're
3: getting to see your dad
1: in like 65 <laughs> This or was 65 yeah. Canadian Club on the Rock's dad. Yeah. And I was like, I, it's, I, maybe I should do it. I'm a little afraid of what it would be like because I'm not sure how honest my dad would be with me on my podcast. Oh, you've not had him. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? I did my mom. And how <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. It's my
3: favorite episode. Really? Leaps and Bounds, yeah.
1: No. Be- way. Be- you heard it. Yes. Oh,
3: Valerie. You yeah. just met so her as a
1: huge fan. I'm of a huge fan. Money. Oh my gosh, that's really I'm
0: a big fan of Parenthood. It's like constantly on in this house. What
1: is the name of your pocket? Just to plug it. Plug it properly Armchair Expert. Armchair Expert. I want to say. Right? AE, Monica Padman.
3: Yep. Does people call it Ace? A.E. A-E. A, yeah. Armchair. Yeah, because yeah, right.
0: armchair is one word. <laughs> well, just chair?
3: conventionally. <laughs> but before we even talk about that, I just something just occurred to me about the headphones. That'll take it a step further. It's not just my own egocentric desire to hear my, my own voice. I found this early on when going to promote stuff that when you would go to a radio station, you would put the headphones on. It has this weird ability to block out your other senses. Like, yeah. to me, yeah. it just it like tunnel visions the talking listening experience. And mm-hmm. even now, without the headphones, I feel I'm not ADD, yeah, ADHD. But I'm a little more aware of the dog. I'm a little more aware of our faces, Mm -hmm. the ambient temperature in here. All these things. The air conditioning right there. Yeah, like I'm just...
1: Yeah, basically. It's a a 3D (laughs) experience.
3: Uh, And then with the the headphones on, it's weirdly like a 2D experience. Well, that's why I was saying
1: having my dad on would be great because I think he would love it. It's almost like you could make the armchair expert board game, which just comes with something where you can listen. Cause those it's just board, headphones. <laughs> it's just You're headphones and the microphones. board microphones. <laughs> <laughs> because it locks people in, especially people that have a hard time. Focusing right and analyzing the situation like Jason Bourne, like, am I safe? Like you put it on, suddenly you're just in your head.
3: Well, and I imagine your uh, a ton of your brain's computing power is dedicated to like spatial relations. So like if I'm hearing this AC unit so, to my emotions. left, mm-hmm. a lot of my brain is going like, where's that noise coming from? Is it is it approaching? Do I need to get That's out right. of the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a moving circle. It's right. so, <laughs> just a
1: moving shape on the Serengeti. With the
3: headphones on, I do believe it, uh, your, more your brain activity can be just
1: dedicated. To I love it. it. Yeah. 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 I don't consider this myself... Brought, this episode was brought to you by headphones.
2: <laughs> headphones. <laughs> well, I'm the, the headphone
1: person in general. I, okay. Noise-canceling headphones... Are a game changer for me Because I'm so easily distracted uh-huh. Valerie, my, my poor wife Has, has noticed <laughs> Like the peccadillo on my end Is sound sensitivity right? And like being in a car Someone sucking on their teeth Is going to oh. bother me maybe more than I'm not even convinced it's more I just do, might be more articulate
3: about do you it Do you have the <laughs> me- misophonia
1: misophonia
3: so, you're calling
1: me
3: a phony <laughs> I'm calling you a lot of things I'm calling you horny misophonia doesn't that sound like misohonia
1: <laughs> I have misohonia
3: so, um, a friend of ours, our friend Ryan Hansen, he—I just learned this recently about him—is he has misophonia, and he can't stand the sound of chewing when people chew around him, oh. which I thought was bullshit. I'm like, this is one more thing for you to be unique about. Yeah, yeah. yeah sounds- but then I did the 23andMe genetic uh, test. And one of the the traits that will come up is whether you are likely to have misophonia or not. And I was like, oh my God, there's actually a genetic marker for this.
0: Oh, my God. This thing. So
3: I would not be surprised if when you took that test that you might find out you have the genetic marker for misophonia.
1: This has been too much about me so far, but I love miso. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I love it. But I also equate, like, silence with goodness. Like, my brother and I have this in common. My family argued much. Mm -hmm. Nothing crazy physical or anything, but it was, like, a lot of... Shouting and opinions. yelling and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was just like, when it was quiet, it was, you know, my butthole really relaxed. And okay. I was just like, really. Yeah. So I still think I'm like, quiet is good, but I'm better about it. Noise can't see I have earphones the opposite. and white noise are the best. You like yeah. noise.
3: I have the dead opposite. And now, my mother it. is very, very communicative and loves talking. It's her hobby, <laughs> uh, as it is mine. And when she would be quiet, something was very wrong. Oh. You know? So I hate silence. And but even I love- Kristen and I have had this issue early in our relationship where she loves to check out for hours at a time. Just like yeah. sit on the couch, do whatever, and just be dead quiet. And I would go, oh, I did something really bad. I'm in trouble.
1: It was a blank right. canvas for you to project whatever you might My have My alcoholic
3: musings, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Right. took off.
1: You, wow. Wait, what do you mean alcoholic? Because you don't drink anymore. I don't. You mean an
3: Alcoholic mind. Alcoholic mind. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I have people
1: in my family that are dry drunks that stop drinking that aren't a lick different. <laughs> it's a crazy. It's a crazy. They phenomenon. just wake up earlier in the morning, probably. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're up, They get better rest, so they have more energy to, <laughs> to sort get of after be, it. But what is an alcoholic projection? What do you? Yeah, I know you're kind of joking, but also like, what is the no, style? No, I of don't projection? think I'm joking. Oh, you're not I'm too much. I don't well, want to put it on you like, what's an alcoholic brain? I'm just wondering. Well, and by the way, your brain?
3: I think it's really important to preface it, that I'm only talking about my alcoholic brain. So I don't actually know if, if there's a unilateral alcoholic I mind. Understand. But to me, what defines my alcoholic mind is just obsessive thinking. Yeah. And so I think that's why a lot of obsessors, obsessive thinkers enjoy alcohol and other things because it, it, it's right relief. My, you're right
1: up my butt right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a weird way to put it. But like, yeah. I stopped drinking about a year ago. Oh, you did? And it's been amazing. Uh-huh. Uh And one of the things I've noticed that I have to sort of uh, – correct. My, my friend who went through the program was like – my sponsor said, uh, "When you stop drinking, you'll feel better." And he goes, "You'll feel everything better. You'll feel anxiety better. You'll feel pain better. You'll yeah. feel." And, and one of the things I've noticed, I said to, this to you yesterday, Val, was I was like, "I do have to combat obsessive thoughts, like things looping in my brain." And I just was handed too many things yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was like too many decisions and too many work things. And I said to Val, I was like, "This is the sort of day I love." To get, I love to drinking during the day because I loved burning the day we i 'd yes. call it because uh-huh. it was like I am unavailable it was like the yes. do not disturb function for my living phone was like i 'm sorry like because i didn 't here 's the one of the revelations was it was like you can do the things you 'd use alcohol as an excuse for Without alcohol Meaning you can go I'm going to be unavailable Yeah,
3: I'm off the grid For five
1: hours Fuck you You don't know I'm not watching Malcolm X, the movie
3: (laughs) Yeah, and even when you You
1: don't know
3: Even when you say that I think I've been um, Drawn to hobbies That require that I actually am off the grid So it's like My hobbies are The sand dunes You know 200 miles from here And there's no cell service there And it's a three day commitment And I got to tow my fucking Dune buggy out there All these like Or motorcycle track I have to once I'm there, it's like I have to be dead focused on the activity riding the motorcycle every single turn. I can't for a second think of anything yeah, else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, it's a total ex- That's why I love road trips. Road trips are my favorite thing in the world. As soon as I get behind the wheel, I'm like, well, I'm not responsible to handle anything. What can yeah. I do f- from the front seat of this truck in Utah? Nothing. Right. Yeah. And I'm just looking for relief of the I must do everything. All the things I, you could I'm be I'm failing doing. every minute. I'm not
1: producing. Val's experienced that. As a stand-up, when I tour, there's an equanimity to going, all I have to do is get to this club by eight yeah. o'clock. Yeah. And you, and you really feel, you're not on vacation and you are aware of the set. I'm the sort of person, if there's something on the calendar. It'll always sort of be in the back of my mind. Yes. Like I'm not going to like eat a pizza or something cause I know I want to keep my energy up or whatever it might sure. be. So small choices like that. it's so really changed. quick on that.
3: What's do, that? Do you do really quick on specifically yeah, that not eating a pizza before you go on stage. Have you found that you won't eat cheese prior to anything requiring like <laughs> dense oratory skills or dexterity? <laughs> this is a new revelation of mine. I was just curious no, if your pizza decision had
1: anything to do with that. I it, for, oh, well, I'm a vegan. Sorry. Oh, okay, I, and I apologize. Uh, Valley cheese. Always- I occasionally. Cheat. Yeah, sure. a vegan. A f- yeah. what? A, a, f- f- flexible a fle- vegan, A <laughs> flegan. Oh. I think more people would be vegans if they thought that it wasn't this like hard nosed club that if I eat a cookie that a child hands me, I'm out all of a sudden.
3: I did it for a year in it. it <clears> yeah,
1: I saw on your Wikipedia page. Forgive me. Oh, for geez, an obvious.
3: Like First of all, I've never read my Wikipedia page. You <laughs> need a
1: new photo. It's not, you're wearing like, a, like, a, like an English gentleman's hat and you look angry. Okay. You need a new, I, let's I let's upload your own new photo.
3: <laughs> I Know that even glancing at that page will just set me on a path I don't need to be on. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I I I cannot read anything about myself.
1: What do, hmm. What do you mean? Oh wait, Val. T- okay, so a little backstory. Val, tell the backstory because then we're going to get into Val. Uh, Dax's self-love. I'm going to write it down right
3: here. Self-love?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Or lack up. Yeah, or self love. she told me, Val, take no. it away. I'm so sorry. We've been chatting like...
0: No, I'm... Go- Two alpha my-
3: males trying to figure out who's going to get access to Valerie. Go ahead. <laughs> <This> <laughs> you appear to be with child, happy. so it's kind of a futile <laughs> well, endeavor, but already, we'll have it anyway. So Stuck stuck
0: his flag in this.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's why we're naming the baby flag. <laughs> well, Tapping flag, W-H.
0: Um, so yeah, as, as we mentioned, I was a big fan, started listening to your podcast, and then was like, certain things you would say, I was like, that's something Pete says all the time, or like, mm. that's something Pete loves, or just like a perspective I would imagine Pete having. Um, and so I was like, you're very similar. We've got to get this going. Sure. But lately I've realized... Like I a play think, date. Yeah, it's yeah, a play yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm up. hitting you on a play three, date.
1: how old are you? <laughs> 39. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perfect. Yeah. Play date. play date.
0: I'm, I'm practicing my play date Cupid
1: yeah, skills. Yeah, you're doing great. So. You're doing great.
0: Um, so, But I think that you actually... It's more interesting than just being similar. I think you guys are actually like the inverse of each other oh. I think you're maybe the same person but raised completely differently
3: nature nurture Ooh. so you're like
0: Ooh. a yeah you're like a study we're like the three energy. identical
3: strangers <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah,
0: Exactly.
1: and then it well, turns out bam there's another one yeah. <laughs> and it
0: well. already happened which tripped me out which was the sound thing where you were like you know noise makes me feel in danger and you're like silence makes me feel. and uh, I'm like this uh, is gonna happen the whole time yeah <laughs> but I
3: in the, in the the underbelly, being we feel in danger, <laughs> right? That's <laughs>
2: yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Same.
3: Yeah.
1: I yeah. said to Valerie last night, I was like, There's a bee in my belly. I just had anxiety, just generalized anxiety. Uh-huh. But I'm so lucky that I can go and do stand up. I went and did a set and I felt immediately better, right? So I guess that's your sand dune thing or whatever. Mm. But one of the things she said that we have it, that it, it different is she's what, how did you phrase it? It was about. You have a hard time...
0: Oh, I was just saying... Reaching
1: climaxes. (laughs) (laughs) The lesser known, E.D.
0: I don't know if this is... Well, I feel like you guys are both like constantly aware of your ego correct me if i'm wrong if yeah. you're like this is not me by the way you're in
3: a zero stakes situation <laughs>
0: yeah. you don't
3: have to word anything perfectly i will not be offended, <laughs> despite the fact do. that i don't want to read my wikipedia page i one on one i can see your lovely face and your intentions so you could say anything Great. and i'm i'm
1: good okay. on my podcast by the way i just say to the guests you could use this you don't it sounds like you don't have to i just go you're in a safe place
2: oh okay. it, it really
1: helps yeah it works yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: so I feel like both of you are constantly kind of working on your ego. And Pete is a like a big self-love guy. Like he's kind of just
3: like like self-care.
0: Self-care but also just like love love your ego. Love the parts of you that oh. you don't like. And like we're and like that's the method. It's the
1: work, though. Yeah, it's not it's, always. It doesn't work occurring.
0: all the time. But that's <laughs> sure, what he's so like it's trying what always to do. Works. No, yeah, yeah. Always
1: and what is your impression of Dax's?
0: I think it's like kind of the inverse of that. Well, I don't know. What do you? How do you manage that? In yeah,
3: your I just life? recently heard this analogy for making. Bateman was on, and, and we were talking about directing, and he was saying that what he had taken from Favreau, who took it from someone else. I've just name dropped three names in a row, but all to come to this. <laughs> You left out Iron Man. <laughs> he is in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our RDJ's in the mix. I think I followed up his thing with an RDJ quote. Funny no, enough. Yeah. Anyways, um, Favreau had told Bateman, you know, making a, a great movie is is literally about five good scenes, zero bad scenes. Oh, that's mm. hilarious. So if you, you, can, you could you best spend your energy just avoiding any bad scenes. Mm. The, then the scenes that are good will just elevate you from a neutral zone into a really good movie. And I, and as he said that, I started thinking about that is how I watch movies. So it's like within four minutes, it's like, oh, that was really a convenient bit of exposition. That's a red flag. So that's check mm-hmm. against you, right? And I'm weirdly working backwards. Like how, how many blunders before i'm like well this movie's no good anymore mm-hmm. and like an similarly how many times the king
1: yawns during the oh, opera yeah yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that's accurate so i i don't think i'm trying to be great at anything mm. i think i'm trying to slowly get rid of my character defects or minimize them to the degree that I, i'm not insufferable to be around that's
1: but isn't that interesting, interesting? But
3: you seem to be maybe promoting the good side or or or, or Uh, Investing in the 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 good Good. parts of your well, I'm always working on
1: that. I also wonder this about you because we've been talking about this a lot lately. Is we've noticed we have to stop. I have to stop giving advice to people. I love giving advice, but here's why: because I love getting advice. I fucking love getting advice in fact if you in a conversation tell me about the Great British Bake Off Uh and you're like it's the best show but I brought it up and you're like yeah you should watch it it's the best show ever then I watch it and it's the best show ever I'll actually be a little mad like why didn't you just fucking tell me and I'm that way about anything Okay. If somebody's like, hey, like you were just going to say about cheese, like, have you noticed that cheese is bad if you're going to do public But Tell me that. <laughs> right, like, why are you being an
3: asshole? Right. You know, we've noticed. Like, what you think, you, you see it as withholding.
1: I, I see it actually is bad to not and
3: tell me. Another other, way we're polar opposites. You don't mm. like getting I can't advice. I stand advice. Mm. I hate being directed. I'd be so good at so many things if I could take direction. Like I've been playing <laughs> guitar for 15 years completely on my own. I have the, <laughs> I have the skills of like a f- four-month guitar player. Because I will not allow another man to come into my space and tell me how to do it. That's interesting. So I'm the opposite. But don't you feel but, but that, like – This is why AA is a miracle thing for me Mm. because no one in there is technically allowed to give advice. You can share what has worked for you yeah, and I can learn a lot by you telling me what's worked for you. Well, so I- long as you don't turn that on to me I mm-hmm. can absorb it and not feel defensive in all these things. Yeah. I agree with that though. That's-
1: I look at it sorry baby. No, I-, I love it. Not so much as people going hey you know what you should do because I-, I recoil at that advice. too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I enjoy when people go I read this book and it changed my life and I feel like a burglar and I broke into their house yeah. and I can take something that they worked really like like your sobriety like how did that change your life and I can absorb that I like that I feel very active in it mm-hmm. I don't like being told what to do either because I play guitar as well also self taught okay. also would never <laughs> want to take lessons I, I would fucking rather die than have a guy named Vern yeah. come in my house and go uh-huh. this is a D minor
3: sus and so I knock that yes. capo down to fret 3 bud <laughs> Okay, what's a capo? What's fret? Th- I know what fret three is, but I don't know what it is.
1: But you see, that's stand-up. Stand-up, like, that appeals to my fiercely... There's an independence there that I enjoy. Uh-huh. I also wrote a show that I could act in, you know, for me to, like, have that control. So I definitely like that sort of stuff. But at the same time, if you tell me about, like, hey, I've been eating raw almond butter every morning, and uh-huh. uh, I have more energy. Yeah. I'll, well, like, write it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: now... Can we back way, way up? Yeah. So I'm aware of you. (laughs) And I say that in a... I don't know how I say that in a... But I am aware of you, Pete. (laughs) Um, I first noticed you had a show on HBO. Yeah. Right? Is that where your show is? That's correct. Mm -hmm. And I thought... As I do, just as knee-jerk muscle memory, I'm like, who's this guy who has a show on HBO? That's my first thing. Like, there's a mystery here. Why did this guy get a show on HBO? Yeah.
0: Funny Why don't I have person. a show on
3: HBO? Why doesn't HBO like me? Why don't I have cachet? So once those things all Jude rocketed catch- through yes. my head... Yes. And then I didn't do any exploration. Still relatively neutral on you because you have a kind face. So I, was, I wasn't ready to be so jealous that I didn't like you yet. Yeah. And then I was on a flight and your stand-up special was on the flight somehow. So let's see this guy who's got his own show on HBO. <laughs> and then I watched it, and I was like, I like this guy a lot. Ah, that's nice. This is all sincere, the true history. I like this guy a lot. He's really smiling, and I can tell he's kind and positive. <laughs> and I'm glad he has a show on HBO. <laughs> and, and then I root for you. I turned you. Which is all an evolution. In, I, I wasn't capable of that eight years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, but I'm capable of it now. And also you mean the ability
1: to be happy for To root
3: else. for other people. Who, Let's talk Because you and I, yeah. this is what I want to get to. Yeah, go
1: ahead. I'm, I'm just going to write down a, jealousy.
3: Besides your observations that I would not be privy to, I don't cohabitate with Pete.
2: Yeah.
3: Just right out of the gate, physically, when I was watching your stand-up, I'm like, we're kind of similar. We're yeah. tall, goofy, yeah. lanky, white guys with big features actually, and smiles. I
1: saw a photo of you and, and your wife, and I was kind of like, oh, it's, it's like this other world... Kind of through a mirror version of you and me. Like your wife is small uh-huh. and blonde and Val is small and blonde. Yeah. I'm not trying to force anything, but we have some we have that white guy. I hair. guess what I'm
3: <laughs> what I'll force is if we swang, we have a very <laughs> plausible deniability that we were just confused. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if we all went camping and we were in the same tent, Hilarious. people would believe. I'm like, I don't know. I reached over. There's like a 5'1 blonde. Yeah, I no. am assuming it's my wife. Your wife would Bob's think it was
1: in a snowsuit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I am so soft. This is this is another <laughs> L.A. thing. I look at your career and I go, that would be my career if I took better care of myself. Because <laughs> oh, inter- well. you're like a very buff guy. Well, uh, thank- well first, is this all, first of all, you all thank it would you. First of all,
0: thank you. I'm like, <laughs> we're just complimenting each <laughs> other. You've mentioned swinging already. <laughs> oh, so, my God. So I, I fast forwarded <laughs> to where
3: the end of a <laughs> yeah. successful two hour conversation would land. let jump to so where this is going. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for noticing that I'm in shape.
1: But I do because tall guy's not easy. I, when I see a uh, I short, fit guy, Tom Cruise, fuck you. How,
3: how many times have you been watching a movie with Tom Cruise? His shirt's off. I'm like, God damn, he is fucking built like a brick shithouse. And then I go, He's well, dirty. actually, if you took his bicep, put it on my ape arm, yeah, it's now arms. tiny. Yeah, you put my bicep on Tom Cruise, it'd look this is like how that. Shaq feels about his dick. Yeah, <laughs> like probably. You put my
1: dick on Dax, and it would look enormous. But you put it on this Mount, Living Mount Rushmore, yes, it's unfair. It is. But you're right. I, short people, I'm not impressed if they have good balance. They're right there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm
3: not balance, impressed if they're in good shape. So you're. I'm not impressed if their backs don't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> of course your back doesn't hurt. You're anatomically designed correctly. I have this huge hinge midway through, three, you know, six and a half feet. Uh, but but the, the working out thing is 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 one is uh, part of me feeling positive and optimistic is I have to exercise. It's like it's the the non-starter. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I even more than I need to go to AA, I have to exercise, or, or I would
1: need to be on medication. I think.
2: Mm, I feel
1: that way about stand up. So we found it right. You yeah. working out is something that you control. That you have a bee in your belly, mm-hmm. and you go, "I'm going to run it off."
3: Yes, or lift it off. Or and if I start my day with an hour of exercise, it's nearly impossible for me to have a bad, pessimistic day
1: afterwards. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. What do you What do you credit that to? Just that you started on? Well, I up? think there's a lot of
3: research into biology that would say you know you're getting big. Floods of endorphins, a lot of them dopamine. All these things, with SSRI inhibitors that people take uh, to increase their serotonin. You're getting that from exercise. In mm-hmm. England, they no longer will prescribe uh, SSRI inhibitors for people with mild or moderate depression. They will prescribe them a trainer, and the NHS pays for it, and you have wow. to go to the gym three days a week. And they find that those results are better than really. That. By the way, I'm pro medication. My wife's on medication very openly, so I'm not against any of those medicines, but. Um, I think – and then I have an armchair theory on why this all is. I think we have a pandemic uh, depression in this country, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it is because – I was an anthropology major. For 150,000 years on this planet, we did several hours of exercise a day just to get our food, whether yeah. it was hunting or gathering. There was a big physical component. And your body evolved to reward you for that work.
1: <laughs> what if you looked up? You looked down briefly, then you looked up. I was lifting weights. <laughs> We're oh, doing is, a pull-up. This is so I'm a chandelier. This is exactly what I'm talking about. It's so <laughs> persuasive. Yeah, I was thinking, I was actually thinking Pete is gonna start exercising.
2: I'm gonna start <laughs> we have an elliptical. I know. Get on
3: it, Pete.
1: <laughs> or elliptical's bullshit, Dax. Can
3: you tell me. I have no <laughs> we'll, position we'll on the Throw that ellipticals. elliptical away. I, you're moving. I, my own vanity would preclude me from it's such
1: a it's swishy swashy activity. I understand. Like if you were at a it's public the gym, It's have been dancing over Exercise. It is. It, it is. They should give you a ribbon wand. Yeah,
0: they should. But we have one at
1: our yeah, home. I'm too... Yeah, I'm too vain so for that. So you used to hunt and gather. I'm right there with you. And
3: now the vast majority of us gain our employment in some kind of stagnant sitting, or even if you fucking stand at your desk, you've gone that far. You're still not doing... Anything near what we were designed to do physically.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, And
3: so I think we're not being given the reward of that physical activity. And I think that's why there's like pandemic level. If you believe how many people that would take the DSM would trigger some kind of mental illness, it, it appears to be a pandemic condition. Yeah. Right. And there has to be an explanation for it. It's not just that. I right, mean, right. I'm sure a lot of people would imagine, well, we're living in a much different environment than we were designed to live in. So that's probably a component.
1: But we were also yeah. eating real things back then. I, would it, Some would people it, think that, yeah, that yeah, people that are that food has, phobic. I think that has something to do with it. I do, like but I also is, think is there's a, a drug that makes you low when you're not doing it and you look forward to it so hard and you eat it and you get your fix. I, I used, I'm speaking to myself. I used yeah. to get that. Yeah. And I still notice if I kind of like slip up and eat a pint of ice cream or something the next day i fucking want that ice cream and i start to feel a little bit of a, of a low well, because you
3: got yourself even lower yeah because waking up the morning after a pint of ice cream yeah you have to be lower than you were the first time you ate the ice cream. right so right you're right sludge in your body right right mm. and then yeah that it's a self perpetuating cycle right i find myself doing this even in sobriety with coffee and nicotine there's like a sweet spot i can have Mm. And then when I exceed it, then the next day I have to exceed it even further. And then I just keep going down, down, down the hole until I all of a sudden go like, oh, fuck, i got to now quit all this again and reset. Right, 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 right. I'm embarrassingly sensitive to all that stuff. And especially it's gotten worse as I got older. In my 20s, I was an alcoholic and I sincerely... Five of my wheel uh, meals a week were from Seven Eleven. Those two for one hot oh dogs. God. I ate those, oh I ate hundreds God. of those hot dogs <laughs> when I was poor, oh and I felt like a million bucks. I felt virile yes. and confident. Oh. And if I have like an Oreo now, I feel like I can't get out of bed for two days. It's, it's humiliating how sensitive uh, I've become.
0: Absolutely, I used to treat my body like a garbage can. Yes. and I was one of those. I, I was like a latchkey kid, so I was able to eat whatever I wanted because sure. my parents weren't. Home and they were buying this garbage because yeah. they didn't know. So I would come home and have half a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, sure. a huge bowl Dorito. of cookie cookies and cream ice cream,
3: Okay. and like any macaroni and cheese. Oh, in
0: there? I'm still addicted to macaroni and cheese. Can't That's me. I cannot kick it. I had it last night. Oh wow, what kind? Don't, don't <laughs> well, say like
1: I'm marshaling your mac and cheese. No, <laughs> I'm like you know you witnessed. I it. I was
2: watching you cook it. I
0: actually discovered. Well, it's Annie's now because they of, make.
3: Have you tried the one with the packet of of premixed cheese no. Annie's with the oh it's Annie's like an with cheesy. the yes, like yes with the sauce oh, It's no. off the charts delicious oh, we, we no. feed it to our children yeah which means I eat half of it
2: <laughs> right
0: and then give
3: them a little bit I would never again it's I'm trouble. too sensitive I would never sit down and make myself a box of it I would just feel so amoral yeah. But I make it for them, and I just can't stay away from that.
0: <laughs> I don't. I. It's such a rare treat for me. Now that I've, I'm pregnant and I'm just giving myself whatever I want, I, w- I have made a few boxes of them for yeah. myself. but usually, Try
3: the, that sauce variety.
0: I, I'm going I'm to go get it if tonight. if you want to
3: pause this whole endeavor <laughs> yeah, right I, now and get into let's, that. I'm going to
0: grab some headphones <clears throat> and some macaroni <clears throat> cheese. We'll be back.
3: <laughs> I love um, it. Now, I selfishly want to go back to... You saying I would have your career So I don't walk in here oh, I don't really, Even I don't assuming really That you even know Who I am Like I don't I don't start With that She's assumption She's watching
1: Parenthood Every time I come home Okay It's, it's so seen, a constant
2: loop
3: I've seen 20-30
1: minute chunks Of every Like every episode But also every, Idiocracy Is a, Idioc- like a fave, a fave movie Of Unfortunately this. a rewatch in a sad way recently. Yeah. Everybody was
3: like... That it's a documentary. <laughs> it's, it's, well, that's I didn't of, realize we were shooting a documentary. <laughs>
1: well, it's kind of what we're talking about. Is I always think of the, of the guys, uh, the men and women, in the me- mechanical seats at the end of wall you know Oh, I'm yeah. About? Which
3: I feel like they kind of... I mean, without accusing took, anyone of yeah. anything, it, it felt very idiocracy to me.
1: Like, oh, they yeah, must yeah, have yeah. seen... Well, yes. idiocracy is one of those movies, <clears throat> I think you know this, that just answered... Something that we were all sort of thinking, and yeah, you know what I mean? It was In like a, a very clever way. It became too. a vocabulary word. Yes. It became a word. It was yeah. like, oh, like idiocracy. Like we didn't yeah. know we needed a word for what we were afraid of was happening, and now we all have it. Right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't even think they'd be offended that, of course, a new word entered the vocabulary of mm-hmm. Pixar. That'd be stupid not to take that inspiration and yeah. run with it. Cause I think about sitting in that chair with the toilet. Here, here's a big passion for me is I realize that meeting your needs. And I wonder what you think about this, especially maybe with sobriety and stuff, meeting your needs, answering your animal uh-huh. and throwing it every pork chop. It wants mm-hmm. isn't the answer. That's something like we're, we're finding out. I know there's eating hot dogs, but I have to imagine that there were things going on in your life when you were 20 that might've been, Edify or filling you up in other ways. It wasn't just oh, eating hot dogs. One
3: hundred percent. Well, <clears throat> I was here for ten years and could not get an acting job. Like, oh, well, wow. thank God I had the groundlings, so I had a place that I was active at, and I had yeah. a show every Sunday, and that was great.
1: But that makes all. The I
3: was very frustrated. And quite certain it would never ever happen. And I had friends who had gone to college with who were buying ski boats and like going on vacation <laughs> and shit. And I was like, still, still making ch- eight grand a year, <laughs> <laughs> like you know UCLA people that I had gone to college with. Like, is, I'm getting into like 28. Well, they're now reaping the rewards of having gone to school, and right, and right. I'm still like penniless. And that was f- very frightening. So. Did you- I was definitely looking for relief in many areas. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Did you, when did you realize you wanted to come to LA? Cause this sounds like a very classic right out of high school or college.
3: I, uh, uh, uh. I, I what I first thought I wanted to do in my life was be Bukowski and Kerouac. So I thought I was going to be write novels, and I was obsessed with those writers. And I graduated high school, and I told my mom I was I'm not going part to college, of that was the romance not quite of yet. Like- Well, certainly... Bukowski will make you want to... You're like, oh,
1: wow. We should just be doing everything. Yeah. (laughs) We should do all things
3: drunk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's an amazing writer drunk. I mean, he wrote everything hammered. It's like that
0: book, Daily Rituals. Did you ever read that? No. It's It's a really fascinating book, but it has like writers throughout time and what their daily rituals were uh and so many of them were like they wake up and get drunk Uh or like do some sort of drug or chew on some sort of root that's like an opiate or something like that and you're like well okay yeah (laughs)
3: Yeah,
0: if i was doing that i could do it well
3: hemingway's his routine was the most admirable to me it's so against my nature i could have never pulled it off but you know hemingway woke up at like five in the morning He wrote from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. He Mm. was prolific. Mm-hmm. And then fucking from 10 a.m. on, it's go time. He was boxing <laughs> and getting hammered and fucking fishing buffalo. for Marlin and like killing animals on the Serengeti. Like,
0: yeah.
3: But he had that crazy constitution where he would always wake up at five. He'd work, but then it was game on. He had wow. total, had earned the right to be debaucherous. Right. And right. I, I I wanted to be that person. I aspired to be that person, but I, I just, I wouldn't wake up at 5 a.m. I'd either keep going past 5 a.m. the night before right. or whatever. I just, I couldn't hold that. Can
1: you imagine. Imagine a supercut, yeah. not of movies, of real life footage of Hemingway around one in the morning going, I got to get out of here, like knowing. <laughs> Guys, I'm up in four hours
3: finishing the last chapter of For Whom the Bell forgive me, I'll fight you
1: tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole lame side to these productive people that can't have been public. They had to hide it. They're like, yeah. I'm going to go uh, do cocaine and then go home. And write like nerds. <laughs> and write like nerds. They were nerds. But How it's do you funny because I that?
3: I worship those guys, and then I'm of, of course ignoring the fact that he killed himself at the end of his life. Right. I want to be Hemingway, and then I just kind of <laughs> conveniently forget the part that he kills himself, right? And yeah. that it, it. must
0: have him, led so. to that. I mean, yeah. all like fit, uh, Well, no, I, I don't.
3: Fitzgerald fit sure. just became such an alcoholic that he 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 couldn't be productive anymore. Yeah. There's a great series of books with all the many of those guys had the same editor Max, somebody, and there's many books with Max's correspondence with these guys. Just mm. the, the the letters they'd write back and forth to each other. So he he was Fitzgerald's editor, he was Hemingway's editor. Wow. So you get to see this side of them you would never see. Like either they're worried about a contract, or they're they're about to do this. And then Fitzgerald's wow, thing cool. was they just couldn't get him to write. Oh, Thomas Wolfe too. He's right. so tall he sat on he would write on top of this refrigerator, he'd stand up and write. And there's all these correspondence about Thomas Wolfe. Wow. Amazing <laughs> series. I wish I could remember his last name, Max the editor, but Annie's That's Mac so and Cheese. Max Annie's. Annie,
1: cheese.
3: Cheese. <laughs> but anywho, I graduated high school and i was like i'm gonna live on the road like kerouac and I, and then so my best friend aaron weekly and i we got in a car and we lived in the car for six months and we went all over the place and that was great and then we came home to work for a little while in detroit and then while back in detroit i got this sense of okay i have uh, our rent is 400 a month i've split four ways i have to come up with a hundred dollars a month and I only need to work X amount to do that. And I can be drunk the rest of the time. Mm. And that was going, that was very fun for about eight months to a year. Mm. And then all of a sudden I just woke up in this panic of like, Oh, this is, this is how you end up doing nothing. Like this is a very, I've made myself a very comfortable bed. Mm. And if I don't literally go, Drive away from here tomorrow. I'm this. I'm going to blink, and it's
1: going to be. That's 20 kind years. of what I'm wow. saying about meeting your needs and surviving in a in a sort of placated way mm-hmm. isn't really where fulfillment is. Oh, a lot of for people, sure. I just yeah. think that's a mistake that if I can have the food that I want, or in your case, the booze that I want, yeah. and a bed, and, and keep my overhead low, like I think a lot of people will hit a place, an itchy place, yeah, yeah. where it's interesting. The well, you in particular, it's almost... is interesting that you go, oh, there's something intangible that I actually need. Like like me going to the stand-up show, I was like, I have to do this. It's a compulsion in a good way. What was your feeling?
3: Well, uh, first of all, I totally agree with you. Almost everything I've now learned at 43 that gives me sustainable self-esteem is counterintuitive to what I want. So mm. yeah, waking up and eating like, you know, a dozen pancakes is my experiential self loves that. Uh, but then the narrative self, the, the the person who lays in bed and evaluates the day they just had, oh, hates wow. I love these that. Terms, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and then in AA, I've learned, which is so counterintuitive, is the more of my time I give to somebody, I don't want to give my time to. Like the more I'm of service, which is not self seeking. The happy I am because I no longer have the bandwidth to obsess about my own needs mm. Mm. and my place in this world and my status in my group and all these things that ultimately result in me being miserable. Mm. I, you just physically don't have the time to be helping one person That's move nice. a couch yeah. and obsessing about whether the couch in your house is nice enough for you. You know, right, mm. right, right. So all these things, yeah, I've come to find out, uh, uh, And and I think we have a lot of bad wiring through evolution. So the food thing is quite obvious. We Mm -hmm. didn't find fruit trees regularly that Mm -hmm. were in bloom. So when we found them, it was best for us to eat as much as we could possibly consume of it. And that would never be an issue because they're only in season for this amount of time. And so we're designed to have those compulsions. Well, of course, we can have anything anytime we want now. So we have to monitor that compulsion. We recognize it's now destructive, even though it served us. But I think... There's several other categories of our brain that people don't acknowledge. They seem to be clear on, oh, yeah, I was designed to want to eat more food than I should, so i got to monitor that. But we were also designed as social animals to be very aware of hierarchy and status.
2: Ah. It was life or
3: death. It was your access to females to procreate. It was your access to food. It was your access to grooming, which could prevent you from getting disease. (laughs) Yeah, it had all these benefits to clearly know your rank. Yeah. Mm. Because your survival depended on it. Well, it no longer depends on it. You can be very low status and survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's a part of the brain I would beg people to just monitor nonstop. Hmm. which which status part? the status part Am my alpha gamma beta and where am I in this group I've just entered this group of six friends who's the most popular who does everyone like the most I'm at hmm. the Hollywood Bowl I'm in row seven well there's people in rows six five four three two one and I'm, hmm. I'm unhappy because I know there are five rows ahead of me that I'm right. not in right. all that stuff is not your fault or your ego there's no reason to beat yourself up it's fucking hardwired baked into your brain for right. survival right. Right. right to increase your fecundity rate your 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 access to reproduction that that those five rows are much deeper than just them being five rows in front of you that's five people ahead of you to reproduce right right Right. and you got to just always scream to yourself oh i'm just caught up in this social mammal trap and i don't it doesn't matter we don't need it anymore i'll be able to fuck Without being in rows one through five. (laughs) Because there's
0: lots of rows behind you.
3: (laughs) No one ever looks behind them. That's our nature. Yeah, Yeah. of course. I'm only looking at the actors in front of me going, well, why do they have that? Why don't? I remember this
1: weekend. It wasn't a big deal. So if my manager, I doubt he'll hear this. But he scheduled... He'll tell
3: you he heard it. He will. He'll lie. Uh, upon... If yeah. he
1: hears this, I'll actually just be thrilled that he listened to an episode. <laughs> so it won't be bad that I'm telling the story. But he scheduled a, a phone call with me on Saturday at 2 p.m. And as I already mentioned, I was like, I'm the kind of guy, if it's in my head, I don't need a reminder, but I do. I set an alarm for one fifty five, I break away. He doesn't call. I had such a strong reaction to this. Uh-huh. And unpacking it with, with my sweet love... <laughs> Really digging into it deep I unpacked some of the stuff that you're talking about I said the analogies that I kept going to were It's like I was waiting for a girl to call me Like Mm -hmm. it it reminded me of being in junior high When I felt really low status Waiting for a pretty girl to call me And she didn't call me There was also this feeling of like I've done all this work to become, I'm speaking from my subconscious sure. now. This isn't how I feel. But there are these werewolf feelings where I'm like, I've worked to become important. Yes, worthy
3: who, of being on the phone call. At the yes, right exactly.
1: Time. Yeah. Who are you calling? Are things that I, who is important to you? But it was all, I think what you're saying, it was all this hardwired status yeah. fear that, like, and ego stuff. Well, because minimally you know
3: that this person would have made it on time for a phone call with Will Ferrell. Right. They would have found a way to be on that phone call,
1: you, or at least that's what
3: you're. That's telling what you te- That's the story right. I'm
1: telling myself. Is that this is personal yeah, and it matters. It, and I kept. And it's,
3: it's, and it's a declaration of where they think you are. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Status wise. So you, I hate these thoughts, but you go like, how big do you have to be? <laughs> yes. Why am I setting an alarm for a phone call with a guy who works? For me. <laughs> yes. But yes. then Valerie, what did you say? You oh, Please, you say it because it's so beautiful what you said. I don't know. what You said, about, this is practice. Oh, yeah.
0: I said, this is the manager that you want because you don't want to get used to everybody kissing your ass. Anything. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, you I want- couldn't
1: handle rescheduling a phone call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, yeah, how yeah, yeah. out of touch I've become. Sure, you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm like... It was a big deal that took me a while. I never lost my temper. I never, I'm not that kind of person. But inside, it was like a fucking civil war, mm-hmm. and it was because someone didn't call me, and it like really took up hours of my day. And you're right. It's practice, and it was also, we're kind of... I'm sort of like a spiritual person. I was like, "This is showing me my attachment, my attachment to how I things how things should be, my attachment to my identity of who I think I am." Yeah. When really, at the end of the day, we're all just molecules. You know what I mean? We're oh, all just my new around. saying I
3: say all the time is like, "We're all just monkeys staying busy till we die." That's, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's- we're, we can quite easily look at a troop of chimpanzees and recognize that, like, "Oh, how cute!" Now they're using tools and they have a thing. Uh, they seem to like that one the most. Uh, yeah. what, what, who gives a fuck? They're not, it's not accumulating. It's not going to result in anything profound. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're just running around and eating and fucking and whatever, and they're just staying busy, and then they're going to die. Yeah. And I think if we were aliens looking at ourselves, so you go, oh, look, those monkeys have less hair, and they're, look how busy they are. Yeah. They have that, they're have they up in a big white building with a gavel in their hand. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. Like." <laughs> 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 On some level, you need to remind yourself. Even the stuff we think is so fucking important. It's no
1: more important than what the monkeys are doing. I always (laughs) picture that... It's funny you say aliens because I'll zoom out and I'll picture the Earth. And I go, somewhere on this blue marble is me going, He said two o'clock! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is the cosmic joke. Yeah. It's so important. But that's what I mean, my attachment to my story. Instead of stepping out of it and going... I'm just playing the part of Pete, the Hollywood guy, with the manager and the phone call yeah. on the day we call Saturday uh, and the time we call uh, two p.m. That we made
3: up. That we made 300 up. Three hundred years ago, we came up with Saturday. But you,
1: like, like, our <laughs> it didn't even exist. Obstetrician, uh-huh, told me that she felt bad for making a joke at the gym. Like, she made a mean joke at the gym, and it's again, I'm. It's very easy for me to look at other people, sure, and I go, but I was trying to comfort her. I, I was like, well, that's kind of interesting because I'm a comedian. Right, That's just a thing we made up And if yeah. I made a joke about somebody at the gym People would go look at me, he's, he's a comedian, he's always yeah. making jokes But that's just a story I tell myself You're an obstetrician So it bumps up against the idea of who you think you are When really we're none of these things right. But there's certain hats we wear And I go, I'm a comedian Like if Don Rickles goes up and goes, hey Chinaman we're, yeah. you know, I know he's You're dead. good to go But you're just like, he's <laughs> an insult comic yeah. These are just fucking bullshit things we made up That mean nothing right. That a swirl of molecules are just going like that those molecules uh-huh. can say the N-word for some yes, reason. Like yes. that's an absurd oh, I got concession.
3: Big, I can't get this point across correctly. I've tried twice and shit the bed every time. <laughs> I even did it publicly at a live show in Austin for the podcast. <laughs> this is so offensive what I'm about to say, but, but I must say it. <laughs> it goes without saying. We can't say the N-word. I don't want people to say the N-word. That, yeah. Okay? That's where I stand on it. With that said, if I were the alien, alien hovering above the planet, I think it would be amusing to me that I would go, oh my goodness, there's a noise they can't make. Yes. If they make that noise, yeah. their whole life evaporates. Yeah. They yeah. lose their job. Right. Everyone hates them in you the world. You could take
1: your phone out and yeah. tweet it.
3: And and, your life and, would be over. <laughs> yes, and I, I which do you, think, you know, I understand. Again, I understand. In my context <laughs> and in my culture, it all makes sense yeah. to me. But I also think it might be amusing to an alien that, as you say, I could. I could, I could push five buttons yeah. and, and explode my existence. Yeah. yeah, I just think as an alien, I would think that would be funny also, and peculiar. I'm I like, get- oh my God, that's
1: the noise. Ooh, someone made the noise. Like, they
3: wouldn't even know what the noise means. I, it's, uh, it would
1: just be a noise to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two bits that apply to this that'll, I think, maybe help potentially. Okay. One, one is, not, not help, I think it's clear. Oh. One is, I have that bit of, I never do it. It's about how it's stupid that we reuse names. It's like we, it's a very mushroomsy thought, but it's like, uh-huh. it's weird that Pete is what we call this, so I know you mean me. Yeah. But what's weird is there's other Pete's. Quite like, that's a, a few. failure.
2: <laughs> so you go like
1: Pete, and like seven guys turn their heads. Uh-huh. The whole thing is fucked. Like, if someone named Pete exists, you shouldn't be able to call someone else Pete. Right. When Pete dies, they should go Pete's open again. Yeah, like, like the Screen Pete Actors again. Guild. Exactly, like I the can't be is dead. Right. <laughs> the other thing is pretend threats. This bit I actually still do, which is I don't understand why people get upset about pretend threats. This is less touchy than the n-word. But if I, if we're two idiots mm-hmm. outside of a bar, and I go like "fuck you," and you're like "hey, fuck you," that's kind of in bounds. But if it escalates and I go "fuck your mother," uh-huh. we're strangers. Right. You get mad. It's like a
3: that's fine. The obvious that this I don't person know has your mother. Your mother. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. my bit. I go. Yeah. You don't yeah. know my mother. Right. What's her name? Right. What color is her hair? Yeah. Gray. Good guess. That's the joke. Yeah. But that's an alien observation. Look. He said the sounds. Fuck your mother. Uh-huh. And they tell themselves a story. Where did we this? Is now this? Life or,
3: this is now a life or death.
1: They are going to kill this person <laughs> potentially. And what what interests me about that?
3: Because I think about that stuff all the time. It, so if you said to me, "Fuck my mother," I would stand up and start swinging. You would. I would. Really? Yes. And even though I can recognize how flawed it is, my stupid identity that I've determined for myself, my narrative is top of the list. I protect my family. That's so I will kill weird. for my family. This is something that was valued where I grew up. Mm-hmm. This is the ultimate measure of your character. So, yes, if someone said something about my mother or my sister, it'd be on.
1: Even if I even, I didn't even, even know, with know the you had a sister,
3: <laughs> even with the awareness of its how absurd it is, My identity, it's so crucial to me. My identity would shatter if I didn't defend my mom or my sister. Mm. I'd have to rethink everything.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And that, to me, is more painful than getting in a fight with you outside of a bar. Having to really evaluate who Dax is at 43, I don't want to do that work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you'd rather fight. (laughs) Yes,
1: you'd rather fight outside (laughs) than go inside. (laughs) Yes. Now, there
3: are things I've been slowly challenging. And, and this being kind of one of them, I'm not willing to do the mom and sister thing yet, mm-hmm. but it did occur to me through being married to Kristen, maybe six years ago, another quality I thought I had was, um, if someone fucks with you, I will step up and handle that you in like your life. You- anyone that's friends with me, this is an appealing thing about Dax mm-hmm. is if you're friends with Dax, Dax will protect you if you're In a bar, someone says to you, fuck your mother, Pete I will step up and fight that
1: guy yeah. you're the guy in the car who leans over and honks the horn for me
3: more importantly, I then step out at the light and we'll fight for you and so I thought this was a very appealing part of me I really had convinced myself that, oh, people must like this about me, that they're protected around me and I will protect them. It
0: was like a love language. Yes. Is that
3: I will stand up for you and I'll fight for you. Mm. And through years with my wife, it occurred to me
1: that doesn't make her feel safe. It makes (laughs) her feel very (laughs) dangerous. All I think is if you got out of my car because someone driving by said, hey, that's Pete Holmes. Fuck your mother. Uh Then we get to the light Uh and you got out. Sure. Sure. I would recoil. And if they had a knife, we just saw a fight on the street, dude had a knife. I was like, oh, yeah, dudes have knives in their car. (laughs) Sure. Sometimes they have guns in their car. That's right, baseball bats. You die. And I'm just saying that now I have to live the rest of my life being like, I killed (laughs) Dan Shepard. That's a
3: weird burden to put on me. (laughs) No one likes it. My handful of friends growing up liked that. We liked it about each other. It was a symbol of I love you, I'll go down for you. Yeah, Yeah. And it doesn't really apply to as many people as I thought it did. And I've had to reevaluate that, yes, because my dad was the exact same way. And my mom would say to me, that didn't make me feel safe. It made me not want to go dancing with him because he if someone bumped into him on the dance floor, now now we were fighting a person instead of just having fun and dancing because right. his right.
1: pride was threatened and you But what about the safety? times that right. you accidentally told someone to fuck their mother or you bumped into someone on the dance floor? Sure. And no one fought you. Yeah, I'm not. That sounds like I'm shaming you. I just no, you wonder if you. I'm not shaming. I, you. No, no, no. I'm this not is not this is something
3: you. I've tried to correct about myself.
1: I well, I'll say this. Okay. I do love people like it sounds like you do. That I know where they stand, <laughs> and I like emotive, communicative people. Okay. this is just an extreme version of that. But I, you know, when we're driving, I catch myself being really hard on people. Like we were driving the other day, and somebody just stopped and put on the hazards, and I'm like. They're not the you-can-do-whatever-you-want likes. You can't just stop. It's not
3: a pause button on reality. <laughs> you can get out and do some
1: things. And I'm pulling around him, and I'm mad. And then I go, I've done that. I know I've okay. done it.
3: I, almost, I was going to bring this up when you were talking about your 2 o'clock phone call. Yeah. And so here's a – I just read about it. It has a name. I've forgotten the name. But it has a, it has a psychological name, which is people – seem to fall into categories where they're the type of person who uh, attributes intention to things and there are people who see it as um, circumstantial. So, the guy with the hazard lights on. I see that and I go... That guy's selfish. Yeah. I'm making an ass- assessment about that guy. Mm-hmm. He thinks his activities are more important than everyone else's, that he can fuck up everyone else's in, in, uh, routine right now to make himself happy. Mm-hmm. My wife, who doesn't think that way, goes, oh, that guy must have just had a really loud, scary noise inside of his car, and he's afraid to continue on. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit the flashers and just get away from the car and maybe get a mechanic. Right. She mm-hmm. would explain it by the circumstance he's in. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if someone cut her off... She'd be more likely to go, oh, that person's probably in a big rush that they'd rather not be in because something really tragic's happening. Hmm. And is, they would, she would explain the behavior by uh, the circumstance they're in. And I always want to assign it to their character. Mm. They're like selfish. They're a piece of call. shit. Yeah, exactly. And then when I, I went even further, so I read that and I was like, that makes total sense. And then the step further I went with it is it's really just a statement about myself because I have cut people off because I'm impatient. I am entitled. I'd put my flashers on the deal with someone and inconvenience someone else. So it makes total sense that someone else would. Now, my right. wife would never do any of those things. So it doesn't even make sense that people right. would do that. So your own anger about other people it's is me. really just me. your assessment of yourself. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's and I thought
3: if I could start proceeding through life by being generous, patient, and selfless... I will now. I'll, I will see the world as generous, selfless, and
1: patient. No, it's the mirror wow. thing. What were you
0: yeah. saying? I, I, I just am like that's the lesson. Of always life. is, it's is the just, lesson. and it's so
3: frustrating. But the thing that pisses me off is you can learn it on Tuesday and then completely
0: forget Absolutely. it Wednesday. This is the game. Absolutely, Alan
1: Watts would say the forgetting and the remembering is is the engine of the game. It's uh, the sine wave of life. It's not a, a. It's not a glitch in the system. We're not. I would argue, we're not just monkeys, I'm not correcting you, wasting time until we die. We're actually part of this thing that's remembering and forgetting, remembering and forgetting. Until, ideally, you go into a state of remembering. I don't know about that, but hopefully.
3: Do you think that there's an afterlife? I'm going to ask you a question, oh, Valerie. Do you oh, think there's an aftermath in our life? You. As you're about to bring life into this world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that.
3: I just I hope think... you keep writing stuff down we never get to. Oh, we never to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, what That's the... <laughs> we, I started to well. see
3: a pattern and I We're love not gonna it. It's going to be like j- a j- game j-
0: afterwards <laughs> to be like, we never got to
3: this. Or,
0: ah. <laughs> um, well, I, um, I tend to feel like... No one knows, mm-hmm. and how how fucking cool! Oh, like yeah, that's yeah. so cool that we have no idea. We don't know what this is. Mm. We don't know what this is at all. Yeah. Like, What and so and no, like we're, we're is,
3: united in that. Yeah, Isn't that we're united. Yeah. We're
0: all like we are so similar. Way more similar than we're different. Mm-hmm. We're all going through the same thing. Where if we could. The that's why it's hard for me when people, like, won't look at that. Right. Because I'm like, this is how we find our common ground. Is let's start from the place of, like, what the fuck is this? Sure. What are we doing here? We're breathing and we we're like living this dream and then we go to sleep and there's another dream. Uh-huh. And then like
1: one day we die. Yeah. We and then
0: and none ball. of us know what death is and we're afraid of it, but it's the only thing that's for sure going to happen. Right. It's, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. But it locks you in. I'm totally with you. But it we, locks you in. Even this room feels more vibrant because you go, right. You're here and you're here and Katie, you're here. We're all here Maybe. at the same time Maybe.
3: potentially. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a good that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah.
3: I could be a character
1: in your play right now.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes things feel so I guess it is kind of egocentric.
1: No, when we have Dax who we see on TV, Jack Black was just where you are. It's like it's, it sort of goes like
0: am I writing this? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I very
1: like, much want Jack by the way. You what? I would love to. Well, they're promoting a special. Oh, I should do that. You should.
3: Write that down, Jeff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is me helping you move a couch.
3: (laughs) Yes, Jeff. (laughs) Black. Uh. Black.
1: But sometimes
0: it feels so, I feel so strongly like this is a simulation just for me, which mm-hmm. feels like I don't tell a lot of people because sometimes sure, that feels sure. very egocentric and I don't behave that way, but there'll be some kind of coincidence or serendipity or something. And I'm like, I'm building this reality. Like it feels so real.
3: I have had many of those same thoughts and I have decided it's a litmus test of how good your life is because it I argue there's is. nobody that's in an abusive relationship and then going to work absolutely. five stories down in a coal mine. that's like, I think this is a simulation.
0: Absolutely.
3: Cause you would never. Yeah. I think it's almost to me, it's like when things are too good to be true, yeah. that's when you start going, wait a minute. It's no way. I, I would th-
1: argue that anybody, regardless of the, and our wonderful atypical lives noted So Uh what is it?
3: Acknowledge you were Mm -hmm. checking our privilege. I'm acknowledging our privilege. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: When I, was having, when I was working in a movie theater, or however bad it got for me, I can imagine a world where it is difficult. Somebody is going into the coal mine, mm-hmm. and for some reason, they had a dream about their sister, mm-hmm. and there was a song in that dream, and then they hear it on the radio. I think these things are happening, these little glimpses that the work that they're doing, even if it's not great—and I don't mean coal mine. I mean the work that they're grinding through and polishing and sand, sanding down in their lives— feels in that moment a little bit more meaningful.
3: Well, how about this though? I think because I think people get bogged down in the specifics of the job and then it feels condescending and judgmental of the job. So let's just start with, um, we may agree that there are variations in humor, human suffering in America, mm-hmm. but there's a vast difference between the suffering of some and the suffering of others. Mm-hmm. And if we would look at the population that has the maximum amount of suffering, I doubt that group believes that a matrix was designed so that they could suffer for 80 years i,
1: I disagree india disagree? is one of the most populous countries it's a mm-hmm. hindu country mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they believe <laughs> a lot of them mm-hmm. that they're that in, a matrix that they're in an incarnation that is there it's one of their lifetimes it might not be going great right now but, but this, okay. is, this is the karmic it's karma, it's this karma but do is you the think that's work. the
3: same as elon musk's Obsession that there's a matrix right. like, and My argument is like Of course if you're Elon Musk It feels like Because it feels too good to be true Well there's no way I invented this thing And then I sold yeah. it for a billion dollars And now I'm sending rockets to fucking space And I, I, I invented yeah. a car It's getting suspicious Who right. could accomplish that in a lifetime how could he, anyone who requires a billion dollars, how could that happen? It's starting to get a little suspicious. This is too good to be true. I agree. But again, if you wake up in the morning, your husband's still drunk from last night, and he beats the fuck out of you. And then you go to a work where a job, uh, your boss is sexually harassing you. You would have to assume that the, the architect of the matrix was a sadist. Yeah, mm-hmm. why would they have designed this world for me to
1: f- be a victim? Well, just like you with the N word thing. Yeah, I'm always a little out of my depth here, and I want to be very sensitive to the people who are going through exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and worse. Yeah, there is the understanding. If we are taking the karmic perspective, mm-hmm. that reincarnation is a thing, kind of going back to what you were saying, but they'll Yow. be
3: rewarded for that. Not point. rewarded
1: okay. it, it necessarily, not in the traditional way, not in the Christian, Judeo-Christian idea, not Judeo, but Christian idea of heaven, reward later. Don't worry, yeah. this isn't your home; you're just passing through. Yeah. Which is a wonderful thought, and maybe that is happening. I it think is. it's a terrible thought. <laughs> I understand. It's, it's I, an I,
3: excuse I, to make this experience on earth terrible. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's and a I, way to, I think,
1: what's the word? I'm not
3: satiate, but appease the people you've made miserable. I understand. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I have people in my family that I'm like, it's your belief system that's keeping you in something that I would argue you're getting clear. The opposite of serendipity is you're getting this regular suffering, which at these indicators. is not always easy to get out, but that you should leave that job with the sexual. I know it's not that easy. I don't want to make it sound like
3: it's yeah. easy. But I do think there's this pervasive, I'll call it a liberal thing among us actors where we are appropriately aware of how lucky we are. But then with that comes a little bag of guilt. Mm -hmm. And then in that guilt, your objectivity starts breaking down. Like again, there are many people that come on my podcast that refuse to acknowledge that being five stories underground in a job that gives you black lung and you had no other option that, that it would be wrong to say that that's unpleasant and bad, like that you would sound judgmental, and I just feel like sometimes that's where us lefties are dishonest mm. in not saying. I, it I like that's what I like about Bill Maher. He's like, no, fuck that. Coal mining is a terrible fucking job, killing a ton of people. It's a it's it's a travesty that that's the only option, but we cannot pretend this is an option that we should be fighting to keep alive. Okay. It's not to say that the people who do it don't have integrity and pride in all these things, but we can evaluate fucking jobs on planet Earth and not be – we're not being condescending. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting. And I feel like I get frustrated quite often with our side of our ideology that they seem incapable of being able to make those statements. Saying anything negative. Uh Yes uh well it extends to <clears throat> well no women love not driving and wearing the hijab that's a that's a beautiful culture it's like fuck that you've just abandoned liberal progressive ideology in the enlightenment you can't do that just so you can be so PC and I just that I get frustrated at those moments yeah Yeah. where it's like no we can evaluate that this that fucking clitorectomies and female genital mutilation I don't care what culture it's from we can we can levy a verdict on that that is anti-progressive anti-liberal and anti-everything we should stand for
1: right there could be a little bit more kick-ass in the yes we
3: we we can have our ideals and we can state them it doesn't the problem is is there's so much fear that those statements will be weaponized by the right that you end up being a liar. Well, I, you can't, when given the option of self-censorship versus someone hijacking your message, you, you can't choose self-censorship. I don't think it's just anti enlightenment. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. What do you,
3: thanks for letting me get on that soapbox. No, that I think burned. that's it, very my interesting. heart rate went up to one twenty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really, he's very healthy.
1: You're going to have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just had your workout.
1: Yeah. What do you think about Uh, The afterlife. We usually talk about this stuff at the end, but here it
3: is. Well, I'm of uh, Valerie opinion that I don't know. It's clear I have no fucking clue. Um, I'd be delighted to die and find out I'm going to somehow be with my kids in some capacity, energy-wise. That would be awesome. I'm open to that happening. Um, I would say all the evidence does not point to that. So Mm -hmm. if you ask what I really think, I think you're going to shut your eyes and that'll be that. Mm. Is personally mm-hmm. what I think.
2: I've
3: mm-hmm. been. There's far less compelling evidence to the contrary, to me, in my limited human perspective.
1: I'm gonna let me lob this because I'm interested in what you think, not just to say my point. I have this bit I've been doing on stage where I'm like, life is the greatest evidence of an afterlife. And sometimes I think people that think the TV just gets unplugged and it's completely out. I'm like, w- this makes no sense. Like Valerie said, this what uh-huh. we're doing right now. Is so illogical. So they say, an afterlife makes no sense. I'm like, I agree. It makes just as little sense as this, what we're already experiencing. But people are like, there's this bullshit, and then no more bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, more bullshit is evidenced by the bullshit. We seem to be in a bullshit cycle. Sure. There seems to be something, you can call it God, an energy that wants to express itself. Mm -hmm. So the idea that when it's done... With your life, your narrative of Dax, it just goes, well, then it's zero. Uh-huh. That makes no sense to me. Sure. I don't get me wrong. I have my moments where I'm like, this is all hooey. It's lights out. It's just gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think about the baby in Val's belly. I'm
3: going to hang my perspective on Sam Harris's and a few other outspoken atheists, which is whatever conclusion you want to come to. If you come to a conclusion that there's something else after, all you've ultimately done is created an even bigger mystery and problem,
2: Mm.
3: which is, okay, then who designed that? Mm. And now figuring that out was way harder than figuring out the next thing. So if your solution to something is a problem that is even more complex... I understand. It's, like it's, it's anti solution. It's you can't like, solve this
1: math problem, so you put in brackets. Yeah, like e and you E equals add more and then you Yes, <laughs> and
3: then you had a bigger problem. I understand. No one of the variables, and that is yet an even bigger problem. But it's if, like you're not inching towards. Understanding, but you're if you actually look at moving life, away from it, if
1: mm-hmm. you don't look at life as 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 something to be figured out, but rather you look at it as one oh, thing as evidence, <laughs> you just go, "This is evidence." Uh-huh. Consciousness is a phenomenon. Life is a phenomenon. So I'm saying the baby just flipped the light switch, just flipped on in Valerie's body. Sure. So something just became conscious uh-huh. in her. Something we do, we don't know how to understand. Fully. I start
0: freaking out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I freak out all the time. Do you? You talk to it, not in a bad way. In a Uh a glorious way I I guess I should say I'm in awe of that Uh So that's That's an interesting thing This baby Alan Watts again Said We don't come Who's Alan Watts? He's He's a Zen philosopher Oh okay it's, you shouldn't know that. It's not like you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but I, I, I feel like one. I so. bet you would. Like but, I, that. but
3: but but the growth was. I asked you who yeah, it was. That's great Five years ago, I just kept pretending I knew who that was to <laughs> salvage my ego. But go ahead.
1: He says we don't come into this world. We come out of this world, and I think that's a real paradigm shift. Don't ship.
3: come into this world. It's we this
1: idea that we're somewhere else, and then we come here. We like the baby. We brought you into this world when really he's sort of arguing this idea there's this one thing. All Uh the religions say it's one God, Mm -hmm. one thing. I think we're soaking in it right now. And it's pulsing. And everything it does leads towards regeneration. Mm -hmm. Our molecules used to be... So the idea that my molecules have a consciousness and that consciousness is the one thing that this universe decides to just hit delete on. Uh Select all, delete, gone. Yeah. Also to that I'd say, where is that gone? I don't see any gone. I only see places where things go to yeah there are things we don't understand that we perceive as gone but as I do this on stage sometimes I'm like Seinfeld I'm like if you're looking at something and you think it's nothing it's not nothing you're looking you're witnessing it you're seeing it it might have the properties of nothing and I'm out of my depth at this point sure but I see something that just keeps undulating like the ocean yeah and when you die you get sucked back into that ocean and here's the best part because you might like this it might appeal to your rational side to me to Pete I do die and it's over Mm-hmm. To my spirit, I come back and I'm some skateboarder in the valley or whatever I am. Oh, that good. What's the difference? <laughs> Let's
3: go, brah.
1: So I don't know about the idea of knowing I died and, and being back. It's just going to feel like this again. I'm, and I'm going to be nervous about death all over again. You know, it, Even though it's the other side of the door that the baby just went through. That was right. the death of nothing. It's nothing self-died and became something. That's a death in reverse. Mm -hmm. And then we go back through the same door the other way. And I think we just keep doing that.
3: I think a lot of these really complicated debates or difference of opinion really boil down to... Whether you're a pessimist or an opposite.
1: It's Albert Einstein, is the universe a friendly place. That's the yeah, most important question.
3: The bottom line is we both acknowledge no one knows. We don't know. So we start there, we're in total accord. We're having
1: fun right now. Yep. I hope you're having fun. Oh absolutely. Just
3: te- like. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 totally in accord with one another. Yeah. And I am at total peace, unlike I think a lot of people, with having no idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking for an explanation because I know that we are many hundred years away from having the technology to even answer some of the more fundamental questions that I do believe we'll find out. Mm. So I'm here's, here's my point of view. If we were alive in 300 BC in Greece, we would know that the sun was brought up by a chariot driven across the sky by Zeus or whoever the hell drove the sun up every day. (laughs) Um, we would be debating whether or not that that's exactly what happened. Is the sun really being dragged across the sky by Zeus? Now, of course we later learned that it's not even coming up across the sky. We're just spinning (laughs) a a concept that we we just could have never got to. We couldn't have figured that out in 300 BC. Copranicus comes along and says, no, you guys, I think we're revolving around the sun. I think it's a heliocentric theory, not a geocentric theory. And until that happened, All that time you and I in 300 BC worried about how the sun came up and down. What a fucking waste of our time. We could not have even conceptualized that thing. So for me, it's like, yeah, we don't know. And everyone that's telling me how the sun comes up and down in the sky it's not even coming up and down. So, right. you know... Right, right. I'm very comfortable going... We're so
1: far we're out We're dogs from... trying to understand the internet. Yeah, so why do that? I'll tell you <clears throat> why. Okay. Because I think one of the fundamental meanings of life is to commune and have it pass through you the mystery. Not for an answer... For an experience, because you say so, well,
3: I'm up, up for for so bonding on the wonderment.
1: Yeah, how is this happening? Right.
3: not even I, I would take but, it as. But, a step. but the, the moment it would become, because I think we're reincarnated, or right, because right, right. That I'm kind of out, because yeah. it's like you might as well be, you know, throwing confetti in the air. I'm doesn't...
1: completely with you. We don't know, and it, and it and it's it's a mystery. Yeah. But that feeling, that mystery, and even in a nonverbal way. This is something that I've recently kind of uncovered about love. There's love that I go, I love Dax, I love his work. And then there's this other thing kind of behind it that's capable of loving in this much more open, completely irrational, completely illogical way where I'm not looking for a way I love you, a reason I love you. Uh I'm not trying to construct a story why I love you. I just am love and I'm loving And that is a wonderful place to be and that feels close Do you meditate
3: yeah isn't there a there's a um a sympathy meditation yeah exactly the goal is to experience that that's Do a you listen to connection. sam harris no you would love it yeah everything you're talking about he has the smartest human beings on planet earth come into his podcast and they break down virtually everything we're talking about. is that right mm-hmm. and he himself What's it called? He's spent years in India meditating and he's, and then he has other people who
1: is same Harris is, is he the atheist you just mentioned? Yes. It's yeah, very right.
3: controversial because he's very, he's a liberal progressive, but he's very anti-Islam. And he got in an argument with Ben Affleck on Bill Maher. He kind of got famous wow. during that. Oh, and wow. people call him uh, an Islamophobe. I don't think he is, but that, that is the controversial aspect of him. But way more importantly is he's a very renowned intellectual who attracts other renowned intellectuals to debate stuff. Oh, wow. Hmm. So you. I'm not all in on Sam Harris. People like will attack me on Twitter that I like him.
1: Yeah, I'm not all in on anybody. <laughs> what if that's what Katie's doing?
3: She's like writing me. <laughs> me, Shepard, hey, fuck monger, you. Dak a mean tweet. Hate monger. Dax Shepard's here. Islamophobe. <laughs> Dax Shepard. But but uh, I think we've lost a little bit. Now I'll get on my soapbox again and say what's wrong with our society today. But there's this <laughs> weird all in all out thing that is pervasive now, where if I like. If I were to say I loved an episode of The Cosby Show I saw on a rerun, I would somehow be saying that I agree with everything Bill Cosby's ever done. Or if I liked Michael Jackson on the way here, I was listening to Beat It. Someone would tweet me like, how could you support a pedophile? It's like, well, hold on a second. I have the ability to like things about a person, a a, a facet of a human being, Mm -hmm. without declaring I agree with everything they said. I have tons of friends who I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Lockstock. In fact, I don't know a human I agree with. Lockstock. My mm-hmm. wife and I, I think, disagreed the most of any human I've ever met, and I married her, and <laughs> yeah. I love her. Like,. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy notion that we should be only with people who, who have the exact same moral compass as and us. And band is, together. Yes, okay. it's How many movies do we need a
1: where a, a random group gets stuck together and learn to love anyway? You know sure. mean? <laughs> like we keep, that's one of the lessons breakfast we keep getting. Breakfast Club. Forgetting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This basic breakfast club shit. Yeah. And want, it's
0: detrimental to only be with people who agree
3: with you. You can't progress. You the reason progress. America rules is we're multicultural and multiculturalism leads to different perspectives and scientific breakthroughs and well, there's so much data to know that you're best to surround so yourself with
1: adversaries and we play were, tennis with a better player we yeah.
0: Pete just did a show a at players. UCB last night and I was in the green room just talking with all the comedians about like toxic masculinity and about how we raise boys to only feel anger like that's the only appropriate emotion which I actually think is behind your fighting thing like that's you showing love in the only way you we tell boys okay. you're allowed to do. Yeah. Um,
2: but anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know exactly where my comes from. So oh, okay. I think you're right, but I think mine is so crystal clear.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Okay.
3: Stepdad but, beating mom and too young to defend her. It's well, very there you go. Dry.
0: That'll do it yes. for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're having this conversation about like, let boys cry and don't, don't raise your daughters to try to impress you. Let them do, you know, all this stuff. And as I was leaving, I was like, this is how we were surprised that Trump won. <laughs> we're just sitting in this room. With like-minded people. With, yes. Agreeing. Just, just the most right. liberal, progressive, like, yes, I totally agree. It's beautiful. We're, like, getting teary. Oh,
3: you know? we're, we're so fucking siloed, yeah. as they say. And I make a lot of effort to not be siloed. Not that I'm bragging about it, but like here's here's an example. We had this amazing opportunity to go out to dinner with Ted Olson. Do you guys know who he is? Mm -hmm. He is the lawyer. He's argued more successfully argued more cases in front of the Supreme Court than anyone else. He is the Michael Jordan of lawyers. Mm -hmm. Now he got DOMA overturned. He allowed Kristen and I to get married. Like we were protesting, and he got he is. As responsible as you can get for gay marriage being legal in America. Mm. Now, he also argued Citizens United and won that case for the right. He also was the one representing George Bush in the voter recount in Florida. So he has been on both sides of the aisle. He is predominantly... A right-wing lawyer. He's like bad. He's a conservative. Occasionally,
1: robs a bank. Yes, with but riddles. but then he did this
3: amazing <laughs> thing for gay rights. And at the dinner, this waiter came up to him and asked if he could hug him, and he started bawling. Whoa! And I'm like, now that look at that. That you want to say he's one thing or another. He's that to that group of people, and mm. and then he's also the boogeyman when it comes to Citizens United. All these things. The point of it is, it was my f- wife this other woman we're friends with and Ted Olson. And we launched into some political stuff. And my wife and our friends started hitting them with the liberal thing. I said, can I just tie him out for one second? We have one of the smartest men in the world in front of us who has an opposing point of view. Let's spend this time hearing that point of view instead of reiterating what we already believe. Yeah. Like yeah. what a waste of our time for us to hijack yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, why? He also school, he sued the school board successfully in LA to allow charter schools to come in, he's anti-union in teachers' unions. So he has oh. all these really compelling, interesting things. Whoa! But that, I, I just I saw it happening in front of me where I was like, oh, we're going now we're gonna we're gonna try to bring him into our silo as opposed to letting someone, if anyone could prove the point, it's this guy. Mm. And then we were all good. We sat there and pretty much listened to him for two hours, and we didn't take it all, but some of it, I was like, wow, I'm glad I heard that. That that sheds a little light on the rights perspective on that that's logical I can see where you think that right, yeah. Yeah, right. but very rare for us to be out to dinner with a right- winger yeah. actually challenging our own yeah. you know notions well
1: it's even built into our sort of national religion I I, I bring this up sometimes on the podcast because it really stuck with me I asked this young pastor is it a perfect world where everyone's a Christian and he said yes, but it was one of those unconvincing yeses. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, is it? Then what the fuck are we doing? That's your question. Is the universe benevolent? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's this idea. It's like we're in this place where it's an error that people aren't cre- and we'll fix that error. And then when everyone is that way, we'll have won. Like the game will be at 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love what you said. Instead of listening, what is the tradition of Islam have to teach a Christian or what is what are the Mormons, the ostracized Mormons. Yeah. What are you guys doing in there? Yeah. I see you going every week. What are you You must enjo- have
3: some kernel of
1: yes. amazingness
3: or you wouldn't you be so enjoying? attracted to all these people. I feel people.
1: this way about every well, every ostracized especially there, the ostracized groups.
3: There there is, I believe, this crazy erroneous thought that we we all share on the left and the right, where on the left we think that if we had a democratic house and senate and president that the country would thrive Mm -hmm. we believe that in our core and the right believes that in their core Mm -hmm. but here's where it gets messy we have conflicting principles we are trying to service in our constitution we have liberty and we have equality Mm. and we want both of those things And they are diametrically opposed at times. Mm -hmm. They cannot be serviced at the same time. That you will take a hit on liberty, your personal liberty, to enact equality and vice versa. So we have to start by going, oh, we will never achieve 100% in either because it's impossible by design. So once you recognize that we're juggling two conflicting uh, principles, the best we can do is have a pendulum that sometimes inches a little too near liberty and we need to bring it back to equality and then it gets a little too close to but equality like the
1: sine wave isn't that a good model Why,
3: well but what, what is implicit what is required is you need the opposing things for it to work yeah. so it, we have to have left and paradise. right i agree we have to have and we have it. to, it's not the, one of us having it all will not work we, we actually right. need one another and that's where i that i believe could be the slow little bridge we build into a little bit reunifying us as, as a country is that just first recognizing we need each other.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's gotta be kind of, a we
3: job, would do yeah. a bad fucking job
1: left to our own devices. And so would they, yeah. it's the idea. It's, it's a, it's a universal idea that we need, conflict and we need struggle the idea that we could
3: it's a co-pilot that's why a plane is safe there is another person checking the other person's work and going right, right. you didn't de-ice right. or whatever this is the
1: christian idea if everybody was christian what, yes what it would be called? a disaster i think one of the fundamental mysteries of the universe is you can't have winning without losing it establishes the whole playing field the idea as soon as having is introduced as a possibility not having is introduced as a, as a possibility sure. look at it in a game is there's a winner. Well, that means there's a loser. This, and this is the balance. I don't believe in shadow governments and stuff. Yeah. But sometimes I comfort myself going like, and I'm sure uh, the right looks at it this way too. Like when Obama comes in, maybe they say, "Well, this is oh, just so how it goes." the liberal gay
3: Jew media. The
1: liberal gay Jew media is going <laughs> yes, to
3: just be, got their puppet in there
1: is, but it's going to be the brush fire. David Geffen
3: that, is like giggling <laughs> himself silly right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But it brings balance. It might not mm-hmm. be what I want. Sometimes I catch myself going like, yeah, Trump is taking a dump in the punch bowl. Sure. And that is going to.
3: Because you- I do think people don't really fundamentally understand that we have many, many virtues we're after. And the many virtues can't all exist at 100%. I th- that's that's right. just, I think that's the starting point that people don't really get. To- they think you could execute the Constitution perfectly. It cannot be executed perfectly. It's a paradox. Yeah. It is a it's a paradox Liberty by design. And yeah. And, and there's a bunch of other ones in there. There's First Amendment versus privacy. There's
1: mm-hmm. we have all these conflicting but values. But isn't that why it works? I think that's what you're saying. Yes. We found that really. it requires clear-cut. endless betterment yeah.
3: in growth, which is great. It's like you the don't human like religion. Body. The fucking Bible was written 2,000 years ago. You're telling me you can sit down and write something that's going to answer all the questions for eternity? That's lazy. Yeah. Right. By the way, the Constitution. If you think the Constitution's the most pre- ordained by God, you're fucked too. Right. That's why the thing was designed to evolve. It. You can't sit down and write the answers for eternity. Right. Because the answers are There's no final pull-up where your lats are going to look great. Right, it's right, right.
1: endless. It's a relationship. It's yeah. a dance. I hate. I don't want to sound cheesy, but it's a dance. Well, I it's love dancing. The working out of the question is the answer. Uh-huh. The wrestling with the paradox is the answer.
3: And it's going to endlessly change as the culture and society sets new goals and doesn't need old ones.
1: But you see this in your human body, too. I mean, it's an extension of the principles of your body. There are times when it is essential to do something that's against your nature. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whether it be a cheat day or something that's... Uh, like, that's why Fleegan. It's like, I can't take my shit too seriously ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, once you're up your own ass... That, that's a picture of Ram Dass. He's a, a great teacher of mine. He would go... He was a vegetarian. He is a vegetarian, I guess. He would go to a Chinese restaurant and eat ribs because he started <laughs> feeling like he <laughs> was full of shit. Uh-huh. And I really relate to that. I like the people that go... Oh wait, this right wing person makes sense. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm full of shit in this way or even better, I'm starting to feel awful pretty. I'm going to take myself down not to be prettier, but because fuck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck I me. aspire
3: to be your teacher who could be vegetarian and eat ribs when duty calls. Yeah. Cuz I I'm I'm too rigid in my Identity and whatever my current thing is. Also, I'm an addict by nature, so if I ribs at a Chinese restaurant, I'm you do eat it in three hours. Well, later. well, that's
1: why I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. You have your message, and I'm so grateful for all of them. One of them that I can't get out enough is. You don't have to be what I, what I call like a sexy, exciting alcoholic to realize that you're doing something that you no longer have control over. Uh-huh. I never even got to a place. There's no DUIs. There's no violence. There's nothing with Val. It was just something that I was like, oh, shit, this thing's steering the car. And it was one of those cars on the track at Disneyland that just kind of goes, sure. but I wasn't, ste- I wasn't, I was addicted to something. And it's the same thing when you lose control with the ribs. You go, like, if I just know me. I don't have to label it. I don't have to diagnose it. I don't have to, like, admit anything. I just go, like, this lied to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I believed it. I lost control. And that's what, I, that's what really got me to stop drinking in a way that I believe I'll, I'll never do it again. Was I was like, it became about liberty. It became about autonomy and agency. I uh-huh. was like, this thing was making me... Its, it's slave sure. And then it wasn't like a I don't drink anymore It's like I'm not this thing's bitch anymore yeah, it, yeah, fe- yeah. it felt powerful sure. It was the opposite of what I always thought The guy at the party with the LaCroix was I was like <laughs> no motherfuckers <laughs> Like I woke up and it feels really yeah. I don't want to be too new conver- It's only been a year So I don't want to have the passion well, of the newly converted and be I, an I think
3: even if I uh, Wasn't required to quit To save my life which I was I do think I'm the type of person, m- much like waking up on my couch in Detroit and going, got to leave now. If I don't do something new, I, I have a bizarre desire to never do one thing for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even if I didn't have to quit, I do feel like I would have gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I've done that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I know what that is.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I just, I'm too curious about what's beyond that. It's kind of a yeah. power.
1: Yeah. It's a power to go like when I was drinking, I was, I was drinking.
3: I was, and, and I, and going the, for it. And I would imagine for you, it gets so predictable. It's boring. It's, it's boring. Yep. It, 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 it worked for me. It works to treat a lot of different things for me. Boredom, self-loathing, pessimism, all these things. But then it evolved to a point where I would be at the bar. I've done this a million times where I'm reading the back of a Bud Light Label over and over and over again. Oh, it was brewed there. Oh, and that's in it. And then, and I'm like, holy fuck, has this gotten boring? (laughs) It just doesn't work anymore. (laughs) It was exciting and a different feeling. And now it's home. That's homeostasis for me is being drunk. And I'm just as bored. So I just, my own. You're
1: a bored drunk guy. Yes.
3: Mm -hmm. I had a strong desire to remember what it was like to be 12 and to simply be on fire for the world because it was out there. Right, mm-hmm. and and I had muted that through drinking and drugs.
1: well, what gives you fulfillment now? Not just hobbies, but I mean, like I have to imagine. Well, the kids are number one, as yeah. you're about to discover.
3: Yeah, um, it's interesting because I get into trouble uh, often on the podcast because it's such a great experience for me. I can't help but want people to have the experience. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like I'm shaming women who have not had kids or men, which I I get is a thing we do. I'd like to think I'm doing it for another reason, not like you failed as a woman with your singular role. More, hey, it cured all my existential crises. It might cure yours. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my number one thing.
0: I love that.
1: And uh, yeah,
0: that's a very deliberate thing you So.
1: Awesome. Moving the couches and stuff, I felt the temptation to go like we're just maybe we won't do it, you know. And not everybody can, oh, and we I wanna acknowledge too. that. Mm-hmm. But I I I kind of felt that there's like a golem there going like, Oh, well maybe for me. Yeah. I, I feel I feel the <laughs> I have to be careful here too. But I wanted to start living for something else. I started mm-hmm. noticing, like I'll get obsessed with a nose hair that's tickling me. Mm-hmm. It was like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> right, right, right. I'll be getting up to meditate yeah. from meditating cause it's tickling me and I'll go in Val's like vanity mirror and I'm using her, Pl- pliers like her pliers her, yeah. her, her, her tweezers, <laughs> her needle nose pliers <laughs> her needle nose pliers you know the lady pliers yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and i'm like Girl i pliers. think i'm left to my own devices like when i was single val and i were long distance for a while Ooh. she'd come home uh she'd come visit I call it coming home and uh <laughs> I'd just, I'd have bought like a copper pyramid to meditate That's under, real. like weird shit. Uh, like left uh, to myself, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna get some weird hobby. Yeah, I'm gonna have a Tesla or whatever it is. Like I'm just yeah. gonna get into some weird shit. And at a certain point, where we're like, let's get. People keep going, well, you know, it's gonna take away from your life. I'm like, I mm. fucking hope so. I'm, I'm in the bathroom with needle nose blind.
3: Yeah. I wonder um, I often think of the many things that we're lucky about and we're spoiled about um, one of them, the one that is worth being crazy grateful for is I would assume you have the luxury of having achieved a lot of far fetched goals. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Yeah. I'm sure you want to be someone else. We all do. Like I'm sure you want to be, I don't know who your guy is, like (laughs) Will Ferrell or (laughs) just professionally. I don't know. There's like, you're doing amazing and you're probably unaware of how amazing you're doing because you probably have someone else in your sights that is now the definition of doing amazing.
1: That's interesting. I don't suffer from that.
3: Oh, good. This is, yeah. this is the the oh, that's wonderful. thing I was yeah. talking about. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but I, I will I say... I
1: understand what you're saying. Well,
3: do you read Sid Arthur, I'm sure, when you were younger.
1: No, I didn't. Oh, you, really? Because no. you're kind of... We read gay, would, g- <clears throat> gay Wayne and the Green Knight. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Arthurian trying legends. trying to say something yeah. nighty. What is this? Well, you read it too? Well, S-
3: mm-hmm. Sid Arthur goes on a journey to try to find enlightenment and he starves himself. He joins this sect and that sect. He goes to the Sikhs. He does all this stuff. He eventually moves to the city and becomes a businessman and, and and becomes rich and fat and all these things. And he gets so grossed out by himself that he goes to kill himself in a river, if I remember it correctly. Mm -hmm. And he finds enlightenment. And that's why the path to access leads to enlightenment. I think Mm -hmm. it comes from Siddhartha. But all that I want to say is, it's a unique experience to have set these crazy goals for yourself, to achieve those goals, and then realize I don't feel any different. Yeah, mm-hmm. That Absolutely. is the greatest gift I've been given is yeah. I fucked all those girls I wanted to fuck. I didn't feel handsome afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got that amount of money I thought was going to make me feel great. That didn't happen. And I have this amount of whatever's public uh, approval. Mm-hmm. Right? And I still feel like a piece of shit. Thank God I know that. Because now I can focus on the things that make me feel good. But had I not achieved those things, I'm quite convinced I'd still be on the treadmill going. Well, if I just get those things, yeah. I'll yeah. feel great and have self-esteem and I'll like myself. Right. Yeah. It's two I two feel of- blessed by having to get to find out that that, that those were fraudulent. Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: It's two kinds of grace. It's like worldly grace and then like a deeper grace to realize that those things weren't. Because some people, I've also seen the other people that have had success. Greater than ours, and they're mm. still on the treadmill. Sure. So some people have a bigger. Appetite. Well, because
3: they got to the point, uh, and they go, "Oh, it's it's really when you're Tom Cruise, you'll feel that." Right. 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 Yeah. But at some point, you have to recognize, like, I make a living doing uh, being funny. Right. That's right. you know, there's there's now gradations of <laughs> how much I'm making, but give me a break. That's yeah. the goal. Oh right. yeah,
0: that's been a big mm. part of the parenting thing for us. I think we say that all the time, where there's people that we know that we're. It, it's not like a judgment on them. It is more like a gratitude of like, thank God we cracked the code and figured out like that's not gonna do it.
3: It's not like, gonna fill the hole.
0: It's not gonna fill the hole. Yeah. It's just gonna make it bigger until you can get to a, uh, your goal is actually unattainable and then you're like. It's it's just going to get harder and harder, and then you have like a Tom Cruise thing, and then you're yeah. like, well, I'll just never get there, and that's why I'm unhappy. And I <laughs> recognize
3: that 23 year old Dax, if listening to this, would be like, yeah, bro, I get it. A million dollars didn't feel awesome to you; it would to me. Like, I, right. I know that I would never have accepted that, well, nor yeah. will anyone else. But I just do now know it to be true. It, and then, and, I and it think
0: got, got you guys. It's this, the same ambition that got you both where you are now. Mm-hmm. Like, you needed that. Ambition to 100%. have his life, and now you're like, okay, I can put this down. And I
3: think that's the the trickiest thing for me in a, in a mission. I'm still on. I'm getting closer to, but is is remembering that the person that brought you to the party isn't mm. necessarily the person's going to keep you at the party. So it's mm. like I did have to be super provocative, super ambitious, super all these things to get to the party. But then now that I'm there. That's not necessarily what's going to work to keep me at the party. And that's yes. hard because you have all this proof right. and, and muscle memory of like, no, this is how I got here. But, but you do have to shift or, or it, it, yeah, it just, it'll be an unfulfilling and unsustainable thing.
0: Right. Otherwise you're the guy at the party looking at who else is there. Yes. While you're talking that's
3: got to gotta end at some point or <laughs> why even do it? You right. know? but totally. that's, that's kind of hard to try. Like, I don't know about you. It sounds like probably not, but Um, I write a lot more than I've acted or anything else I've always written and I hate writing, but uh, my motivation is you're going to be penniless. You're a lazy piece of shit and you're, (laughs) you know, it's all negative. It's like, I have to get up and start typing to, to prove the anti theory, you know, Mm. the null hypothesis. And I've been trying to learn to work from enjoying work and loving work. Mm-hmm. and that's very hard for me
0: yeah that
3: 's interesting to not have failure as the motivator right? or staving off failure yeah
1: interesting because
3: yeah. stand up I only did it for a few years, but even with you, who does it so frequently and very successfully it's a uh a terrifying endeavor. the stakes couldn 't be higher. Mm-hmm. You have to have some crazy motivator under it.
1: Well, for me, it's phys- it's literally physical. It's the bee in the belly, okay, and it doesn't go away. She'll say, that, "I say this all the time," but Val will go, "You hey, haven't done the set in two weeks." I like, I'll be. Oh, it's like you haven't gone to a
3: meeting. Yeah, then. this would be my it's wife point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should go to a last meeting. Last time you've been to a meeting, hon. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So you go out and you do it. But we have a friend who trumps me way more, Rob Bell, who I think you would love. Um, He's, he's an author and he talks he, – he has just – he's brimming with that like what do we get to make today?
3: Uh-huh. Like he has that joy uh-huh. of
1: like yeah. I'm doing this for the sake of doing it because I think he's a little further ahead of myself. I'll just speak for me in that he's, he's not doing it for fear of failure. Mm-hmm. He's doing – I like to say you know, I do it because it gives me meaning. Like, mm-hmm. I get up and I write, not as early as Hemingway, but I get up early. Uh-huh. It's still dark out, and I write. Wow. And it makes me happy. I, I we took it, I take a day off, too. I'm very de- deliberate about that one of the days. Just do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes on those days, I'm less happy because it feels good. So creating stuff is and doing stand-up, which is just creating stuff, uh-huh. is one of the ways I Ascribe meaning to my life And feel that meaning Sure And I'm wondering If it's not writing Is it Do you love shooting Like what part of it Do you love
3: I love directing I love 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 directing Really Oh I love it so much Things
1: you're in Or things you're not in
3: I've only directed Things I'm in With the exception Of I directed an episode Of this TV show About a boy That I wasn't in But other than that I've been in everything And that's not the part I love about it It's the um, uh, Back to the racket In your head the narrative, the voices, that particular job requires 100% concentration, the full 14 hours you're there. Because it's just problem after problem. That's Mm -hmm. all the director's doing is solving problems. Because Mm -hmm. you've mapped out, oh, I'm going to shoot this way, I'm going to shoot that way, blah, blah, blah. We'll be at that location at at 1130 a.m., in, in real life, you get there at 1.45 p.m. The sun is now on the other side of the street. You can't shoot anything the way you said oh you were going to shoot it. And and I live for those situations. Yes. It's like, fuck this. We're still making this happen. How can I solve this right this now? This
1: is you getting out of the car to fight <clears throat> for your friend. Yeah. yeah but yeah, it's maybe.
3: your yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the, um, to me, it feels like a board game that lasts 14 hours a day. It's just mm-hmm. like it's one problem after another, and I love solving problems and i love being engaged in that way
1: i don't we talk about the bee in the belly Mm -hmm. yesterday um i was like i'm trying we talk a lot and i was like
0: (laughs) we're often communicating (laughs)
1: we do talk a lot and you're so sweet to listen to these things (laughs) because i was trying to unpack why i was anxious and one of the thing one of the good theories that val was coming up with was that when you're shooting... I don't direct, but, you know, I produce... and, uh-huh. and kind of, I, I don't want to... No disrespect to our directors. Our directors are amazing. I'm involved.
3: <laughs> TV directing is much different than yeah. movie directing. Let's yeah. just start yeah. by saying
1: that obvious thing. Me and the directors are collaborating. We're yes. talking about things. and Well, and, first and
3: foremost... TV shows are a writer's medium. Right. The writers are the kings of TV. They yeah. are the director. Right. And so a director comes in. To they, service the To service yeah. the, the vision that they created long ago and right. now have to sustain. So right, right out of the gates. They're at, going to some best,
1: scouts and some meetings that I'm not yeah. going to So and, and doing some planning that I'm not doing. So I'm aware that it's harder than I might think. But I will say having a taste of what you're experiencing directing, but definitely knowing what it's like to produce mm-hmm. and star and write in the thing it's like being in a log cabin and it snowed eleven feet, and mm. you can't go anywhere. Uh-huh. And all you got to do is get rid of these goddamn ants that are uh-huh. everywhere, or whatever it is. Yeah. And when you, it's kind of like you're saying, moving a couch. There's no chance. It's called the flow. Line cooks get the flow. It's, mm-hmm. this, it's this happiness theory that, like, when you're doing something that's a little bit mindless, not necessarily fully mindless. Where you get into a rhythm and you're moving and there's a there's a pace to it yeah you don't have the energy or, or your brain forgets to make you anxious because you're doing something
3: yeah, you're in the action of it you you're know, in know. the action thinking of it
1: and there's a real lag, and I think that's why I was feeling anxious was I didn't have the be- it's like being in military school, I have to imagine like anything thats people that leave prison sometimes miss prison, not obviously for some ways, but in the ways that for they exact, like, were told <laughs> <laughs> they, they were told what to do and where to go. I can't speak for people that went to prison. That's something that I read. But the idea that (laughs) anything that's highly regimented, Uh including making a TV show or a movie, your anxiety sort of goes to the back seat. Looking back on it, you're like, wow, I should have been really tense because the sun was on the other side. Yeah. But in the, in the moment, you're there's just no get,
3: There's no room for being tense. You're getting it's shot at. Yeah. And it's counterproductive, it's, and it's a waste of your time. And if you're good at you that... You have to be in solution mode all the time, which that's is right, a, yeah. a great place to live your life is in solution mode.
0: As our resident anthropologist, do oh, you...
3: Please. <laughs> do you please? <laughs> <laughs> tell you one really embarrassing thing? Well, yeah. yeah. So I my co-host is MJ Monica.
0: Uh huh. I love her.
3: I love Monica. Mm-hmm. And someone brought a uh, sign to the Dallas show... And it said, uh, I love Monica as much as Dax likes saying he has an anthropology degree. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, it worked on so many levels because I was like, A... I'm so excited this guy's in love with Monica. Yep. Two, he took a pretty big alpha shot at me. (laughs) It was like he he dethroned me because I'm the other man in her life that he knows about. And I'm like, this is working on a lot of levels for me.
1: That (laughs) is. You even applied your anthropology degree to your analysis (laughs) of the burn about your anthropology. Uh, Isn't that
0: such a thing that like a fan of your podcast would say? Like they call him out all the time. (laughs) That's one of the things
1: I love about it. You like it. Especially in the early years How long have you been going? Uh, Almost Not even a year Okay so Really you're kind of In the sweet spot Where the fans are Figuring out Really who you are Uh And I really Relish Not that it stops But I really relish Those early years Where people would make The you made a weird Drinking game and it was like, oh, yeah. every time Pete mentions Alan Watts, someone oh, would be sure. pretty yeah. drunk by now. Or Ramdas <laughs> is, is an embarrassing one. It comes up constantly. Came up on this one. Or your anthropology. And do you
3: have figures of speech? I always say suffice to say, which isn't even the correct way to
1: say it, but I say it nonstop. I, I like, <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. Um, Suffice to say That's so funny I say for all Intensive purposes Oh sure, on, sure, on purpose sure. I say. But when you start To realize like Oh even in this episode I kept saying Sine wave I was like great Pete learned what A sine wave is <laughs>
3: Three hours ago
1: Somebody gave me A lot of shit I actually hated them They were a troll About how many times I said on a long Enough timeline And it still Scars me I, He scarred me so, Or she scarred me So bad I stopped Saying it yeah, so.
3: I, I can't really enjoy Their criticism as much. Oh I don't
1: are. I, I I, I don't really. At first, you
3: yeah. you were asking yeah. that question, and I hijacked it. Oh Please.
0: no, no, no. Um, I was just. It just seems like that would be a biological thing that like we used to have to spend all of our time trying to survive, and then now we don't have to do that. So oh we, yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes Too I wonder if time. that's even yeah. like the idea of like what is my purpose? Like what a what is Valerie yeah. meant to do on this planet? It's it's actually like the monkey being like. I got to be getting food, right? Like we should be doing something at all times. It's interesting.
3: Like it's a dangerous luxury we have. Yeah.
1: But the, the Alan was, Oh,
0: I, I, there was a B part to that. I'm sorry. B in the belly. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that becomes we focus that energy now on like distracting ourselves. Yes. So now we have to be like, Um, Okay I'm going to watch An episode of Parenthood And while I'm watching it I'm also going to check My Instagram And and order food And I need to order food And because like I keep needing Something else Because I'm not Doing enough During the day Like I'm not Oh
1: that's interesting You You have all this Theta energy I think it is To burn off Yeah
3: Well I was lucky enough to go with my wife to the Congo and hike up and sit with the silverbacks mm-hmm. and not uh-huh. silverbacks. There was a silverback in this gorilla troop and, uh, improv troop. They were, yeah. They were. They were called uh, monkeying around. <laughs> and, uh, they were
1: great. They're really good. A lot of great prop that work. It was incredibly fast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're so
1: all acting like that wasn't amazing. <laughs> that was amazing.
0: Let's take a moment to appreciate. It. <laughs>
1: that was so good.
3: They were called the silver back. That thing up. <laughs> and, uh, so, if you watch the silverback, uh, he's like all the gals come out and, they're, and the kids are horsing around, right? And the the ladies are being more social. They seem to be enjoying life is what it seems like. And the silverback is just on the perimeter. And all he does the whole time is snap bamboo sticks and just eat bamboo and stare at everyone. Like, I'll fuck you up if you come in this circle, right? Wow. And he moves from bamboo grove to bamboo grove. They're all the same. I just wanted to scream to him, like, you're good. Stay there. (laughs) The, The fucking bamboo's not tastier. A hundred yards right. away. And it was all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, this is the human existence. It's just wow. like you're moving from grove to grove. There's no reason to go over to that other one, but it's just right. it's so baked in you. Just keep it moving, look for something better. It yes. doesn't
1: they could have stayed there the whole day, it but too. no, they're
3: on the move the whole day because the knucklehead's the leader, and he thinks that shit's sweeter over there. And I was like, Oh, this is us. Look at us.
0: I was watching our dog do that this morning. I fed him. He had a full bowl of food, and Pete was in the kitchen, and he, he kept leaving that avocado. bowl of food to like see if uh, there's something checked. better in the kitchen. I was also
1: deeply oh. annoyed by that. Uh, I was because I because I noticed I saw myself. Sure, it's like you left your bowl of food to come get my avocado skin, <laughs> and I didn't give it to him. I was like, "Go eat your food," and then I gave it to him because I realized what I was doing, but. It yeah. made me angry because it was us. Yeah. I
3: just did Dr. Phil's podcast. I think it might have been the first episode of his, oh. but we got to talking about how you, you just ju-
1: because you're the first episode doesn't mean you're number one.) <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would be good advice. Uh, I was talking about how you like you generally just are annoyed by people who are identical to you, you know, mm. And he goes, "Oh, it's like that old thing. Uh, something about this guy. I can't stand about myself." I don't like this guy. There's something about him I don't – he said it perfectly. uh, He really misled me. I was like, oh, that's it. That's everything. There's something I don't like about him.
1: There is that – like I look at the dog and I look at his predicament. It's like the alien thing. Mm -hmm. Then you can look at yourself with the same compassion where you're like, I am witnessing a series of impulses and pre-programmed DNA and personality that I inherited Mm -hmm. that is – the, the software in my space my spacesuit mm-hmm. being my body. I'm not even going to tell you who said this because then you'll have to drink again. <laughs> 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 but you're watching it just as I watch my dog. I go like, Oh look, he chases the avocado cause he's confused. He doesn't know what to do. Or I watch him biting his leg cause he's grooming. He grooms in the morning. He just does it. Mm-hmm. Or the silverback moves to the other bamboo. You can also look at yourself from a witnessing place and just go, Look at Dex being Dex. He's getting out of the car again, doesn't know if he has a knife. You know what I mean? That's kind of, because we were talking about self-love earlier, it's not I love Pete because this, this, and this. It's so much better than that. Yeah. It's I love Pete, period. Uh-huh. Not because, oh, look at how he considers it. Even our navel-gazing right now, this is, this is actually really interesting. We don't have time for it. But it's an interesting thing about, like, uh, culpability in anything that we do. If we really are just like these products of like our circumstances and our brain yeah. chemistry. And it's like, who then is guilty of anything? Well, if this, and
3: happens- this is what I, I hate about Sam Harris is he's a big proponent of, we don't have self will, which drives me bonkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a very compelling argument for why we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the self love thing, I, I, um, I, I aspire to get better at that because I'll, I'll constantly be, My my number one hobby, way above off roading, is just giving myself a good beating. Like you're a piece of shit. You're selfish, and you have lie. You know, you're a liar, and all these things. And occasionally, I will imagine hearing myself saying these things, my indiscretions, from someone else out loud in an AA meeting, and my capacity to be forgiving and understanding of a stranger is so high compared to what it yep. is for myself. Yeah, of course. And occasionally I'll try to force myself, like just be half as compassionate to yourself as you are to strangers mm-hmm. in the pursuit of getting sober. And, and then my father before he died, like if I could have just extended him that same compassion, mm-hmm. I find that very hard to do. Yeah. Do you- like, I feel like if I take my foot off the gas for one second, I'm going to turn into just the id running right. wild.
0: So, it's like a fear that if you don't hate that part of yourself, then it'll
3: take Actively. Over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. When really, probably, like, loving it is more power. It's like, I'm yeah, sure you-, you have daughters, so I'm sure you've seen Moana. Have you
3: uh, seen <laughs> I... It has been on around me a lot, but <laughs> right. I can't have, say that okay. I watched it all the way through. But
0: there is like... She, there at can. the end, she loves the the monster, and then the monster becomes the goddess that she's been trying to find. Uh-huh. So there... I know. There's
3: something my three-year-old constantly says, like, my name is Papa Chewie. You will move my boat across the... <laughs> oh, is that yeah, part of it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then we have this I'm
3: game we play.
0: Moana from Montanui. There it is, yeah. Moana from...
3: And, I, and then I... I make her laugh by going, My name is Pawa Shasha. You will drive my car to Rite Aid. Like, uh, just anything that's unrelated to that. And she thinks it's hysterical. Uh,
1: how is dad just coming up with this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you go, Groundlings, bitch, monkeying around. <laughs> you know, five years, girl.
0: <laughs> I got the <that> Groundlings brain. <laughs> that's
3: a Groundlings shit. I'm on that Groundlings tip.
1: But I mean, there, there's not. Loving. I, this is a topic I love talking about, but it's like loving yourself doesn't necessarily mean. So there you are doing all your neuroses. This is why I can't stress enough that it's illogical. It's heart stuff. That's why we separate the head and the heart. You're loving yourself from that heart place. Mm -hmm. So even there goes Dax beating himself up. You're just sort of giving that space and allowing it. But you're not... Clinging to it as hard, or accepting it as real as much as observing it, and that's how you can love even when you're doing something that you don't love about yourself. It doesn't make sense. So that, this is where meditation so me comes this, in. Just,
3: let's use a hard example. So, um, you know, I'm impatient and entitled, and I race ahead in the right lane, and I cut some guy off, and he honks, so I flip him off, and then for the next 15 minutes, I'm like, "You're such a piece of shit." Yeah. So what do I play do that physically? Out like what what are the steps what's the action i do the,
1: the best i can say it is you just do it and you have to cultivate this is what all meditation is about is about cultivating in yourself that place of aware of awareness of pure awareness mm mm-hmm just the thing that's watching it's a joke when you go like i'm mad and you're noticing that you're mad where where in you is just the flashlight that's shining on the
3: dispassionate happened? evaluator yeah. of, exactly oh, i'm really losing it the witness oh, look
1: at this yeah exactly the flashlight never shines on itself is what we're saying this thing can't turn back but that's what meditation is is you're uh-huh. trying to look at the thing that even when i'm mad at dave and it's My blood is still coursing. Is Dave the dog? Dave is my manager. Oh, oh, okay. I'm still... No. No. Oh, I like him. (laughs) Um, Dave Becky? Is that the one? Yeah, isn't that the one that uh, fell out of... uh, Did you do something bad? Yeah, the whole Louie thing? You didn't hear about that? No, yeah. I not yeah, he know. sort of like stood up him. for Louie and was sort oh. of... It's a question of how involved he was. That's what's great. I don't even know it. that. Now I'm on yeah. record.
3: Whatever. Yeah. Oh, I know no. Dave Becky. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. A <laughs> lot it's lot funny
1: people that you say that. You that were talking about that in AA, that quality of stranger love. It's like when you don't know... That's why we love stories of people going to a new town and everybody loves them and then we find out later they're a murderer that's and cool. they're like, uh-huh. but we still love you because yeah. we fell in love with you. Yeah. Uh, so that's an irrational problem place that's kind of a story of what you're doing when you're trying to get into that stranger love for mm-hmm. yourself an inconsequential non-circumstantial uh love so really meditating helps but really just trying to remember we did
3: TM religiously yeah mm. for two years mm. we liked it so much yeah and then we had kids uh. interesting and now i only meditate if i'm I've gone away to write, like finish a script, and then I will do it every day that I'm writing, and it's super helpful. But yeah. Yeah. the notion of somehow Carbon anticipating world. when the kids will be awake, and then yeah. being awake 25 minutes before
2: that—it's
3: right. logistically impossible. Yeah, it cannot be done. <laughs> I even tried this thing for a while. I was like, "I mean, all right, they're waking up at 6:30. I'm waking up at six, and they know." <laughs> There's something in away. the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Like, you're not meditating. You're a dad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that is your meditation. Um, but we're almost out of time because you have to go. Hmm. Let's do this. Let's do the speed round. And I, Val, do you have any? I want to see if you have. There's any like questions. a game or something. A speed round game. Oh, I it's like just my term. way of making sure we don't. Not get something, okay. and it's great.
0: rarely speedy. Okay.
1: Yeah, well, that's really up to you.
0: Um,
1: but it's always the same question: It's what is the great Valerie? You said you're good. You're you're all yeah. good. Okay. I feel I
0: feel great about that. Uh,
1: <laughs> now, now we've made this observation
3: I haven't made this observation. Monica has made the observation on our podcast. Men tend to make eye contact with her far less than the female guests, oh. and we've we've had disagreeing explanations for why that is
0: oh that's interesting i want to hear we see it
3: from two different ways anthropological <laughs> that you're the alpha that i think that when a two men sit down there is just innately some competitive jockeying even if they're friends yeah there it's a battle and mm-hmm. whereas i've been a more gracious guest on i i use um Katie. chris's as an example I'm like if I go to Anna Ferris's podcast, I will look at her co host everyone else in the room, quite a bit. When I go to Chris's podcast, I don't look at you guys at all because I'm in a like I'm on a one-on-one battle with Chris. Ah. it's like I can't get left behind. I can't get outmaneuvered. There's some weird, primitive competitive thing that happens between us because we're guys. Well, I makes,
1: think that makes me happy that you've mm-hmm. been giving so much eye contact to Alan. Katie. You have been, you've but been I'm aware
3: great. of what happens on ours, so I'm taking contrary actions. Yeah. Look at you
1: asking the guy that we don't agree with at dinner to tell you his view. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's I'm curious if
3: you found any... Uh, have you made the same observation as Monica?
1: Um,
0: Yeah, not on the podcast... Specifically, but in life, I yeah. I know the men that we know that won't look at me uh-huh. or like ask me any questions. Names, names, <laughs> names. Yeah. I'll give them to you. Dave after. Becky. <laughs> yeah.
3: That <laughs> strike number two.
0: <laughs> that was the actual scandal. Was that he just won't look at me anymore?
3: But then we were like. Yeah. Then I was like. We then had a guest where I let I let the guest Dave Harbor sit in in my armchair,
2: uh-huh.
3: and I was on the couch. And then he looked at Monica nonstop. Oh. And I'm like. You know, I mean, just anatomically, it's impossible to look at you. Like, I didn't look at her at all. Because I'm like, I can't, fuck it, whatever. And I was like, maybe this. we are overthinking all of this. It's, it's just, just a neck And then women thing. generally sit differently on the couch than the men. So there's so many possible explanations for this. Yeah. Some of them are probably
1: misogyny. Some of them are this. Some of them are that. Yeah. It just Anyways, depends so. on the
0: dude, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you never know if it's just they're nervous. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, it could be that. It goes back to Chris and Bill. Well, I was going to recommend there's... Uh, David Foster Wallace it's online he gave this speech called what is water have you heard of it no it's really great in one of it he talks about an Uh. SUV cuts you off and you hate them or you can say that person was in a car accident and their therapist all but prescribed an SUV to make them feel safe but they're not used to driving it's all the the stories we tell ourselves it's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time it's like who are you Mm -hmm. who's reading the story what story is it yeah um but do yeah. you have any Dax? Have you read Homo pieces?
3: Deus or Homo Sapien? No, just Sapien. Sapiens. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you to yeah. autograph my copy of Sapiens because it's
1: <laughs> funny. It's funny to have you sign. <laughs> I'm
3: having him on next week. You've all heard. Oh, right. oh wow! So excited. Uh, but I do really recommend Homo Deus because it's it, going to be so it long. Really, the end, expl- you'll have evolved a little <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> The sense of identity and and recognizing that there's many identities, right? And I mentioned it earlier and I'm just stealing it from him, but very simply your experiential self and your narrative self. So my experiential self can sit on Instagram and look at pictures of trucks jumping for Mm. two hours and I love it the whole two hours. Mm. (laughs) That self loves that. That's a worthy pursuit. Mm -hmm. The guy writing my story later that night goes, that was a big waste of time. You're a fucking loser. These people both exist in my mind. They're real. And he then applies that to where we're going technologically, that your phone, which will eventually be linked to your biometrics, and can warn you going into a meeting, hey, don't talk in this meeting because your blood sugar is really low. The last time your blood sugar was really low, you offended your boss. So warning, don't talk in this meeting. Like That's where we're heading. But then he asks the question, but who are we setting the goals from our experiential self or our narrative self? Cause you'd be inclined to probably set all your goals as the narrative self. I want to lose 10 pounds by such and such. I want to do this. And maybe we're supposed to be having two hours of pleasure looking at Instagram or whatever it is. And the device, will the device decide which self to service the narrative self or the experiential? How will it juggle that? Like turn what wow. we will increasingly turn over that, that job to an external device that Whoa. knows our biometrics It's just all very fascinating Whoa. to think about
1: Did he write That's both books? The really sapien guy write the homo He wrote sapiens?
3: sapiens, then homo deus And his new book, which I just started reading Is like 21 lessons for the 21st century which Wait, he's written 40. two
1: books since sapiens?
3: Yes this, And this motherfucker <laughs> is in India Three months of the year, silent meditating
1: No what?
3: Sam Harris is like, how are you doing this? Oh, you don't have kids, do you? He's like, no He's like, okay, that makes sense <laughs> Wow! No father can go for three months, dear Hun. So I'm taking off Monday. (laughs) I will be back after Christmas,
1: and I'm going to go sit and not talk. Cool. It doesn't surprise me though. That's that's the doing nothing is the pulling back of the bow string. You know what I mean? And that helps him when he's going. Also, a lot of people that make great art, I've talked about this with the Ava Brothers. I was like, they get out of the way.
3: Oh, you sat down with.
1: Yeah, I flew there to talk to the interview.
3: Seth. And- Isn't that crazy? So I'm pretty good friends with Seth. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. And I'm angry I haven't had him on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you flew to North Carolina?
1: Yeah, but I think he's moving
3: to the East Coast. I know To yeah, well, New York, I think. To New York, maybe? Because yeah. Jen's working? I that. think he, yeah. me- he mentioned that on the podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's always tricky, right? What, what you can say. Yeah. And just your memory. Like, wait, did he say that publicly? Do I know that yeah. personally? What Oh, I better not touch this.
1: Well, not in a bad way, but Seth sort of intimidated me. He's so he's so like cool uh-huh. and quiet. Uh-huh. So, like you, I was, like, projecting a lot of, like, this guy probably doesn't like me. Because I'm over here like a, a Roman candle, just like, oh, what's it like playing the
3: banjo? And like he
1: is cutting me down. What's He's probably like not. What's the banjo? Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? What's that low string? Do you ever hit the drum behind the <laughs> string? Does it serve as a
3: tambourine, too? <laughs> That's
1: a good banjo question. Um, good banjo. We call that uh, fake voice real point. <laughs> Sometimes people oh,
3: do Oh, in relationships, that's a very powerful oh, tool. I know. Well, Kristen I just I, don't feel very seen right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Well,
1: that sounds real.
3: Kristen and I, when we first started dating, we used to do that voice from, uh, uh, from um, Creos. I guess it was maybe Family Guy. I didn't even watch the show, but there's a pervert that lives oh, in the basement. Yeah. And was uh-huh. like, Creos, bring those creamy hamstrings over Yeah, here, So we, we would talk to each other all the time, like, you sure you want to make an appointment without inviting me?
1: Like, we, it was like, yeah, we would hide behind that. Fake boys, real boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're really almost out of time, which is fine. Chris? I don't, <laughs> I don't feel very attractive, Chris.
3: Do you not like these creamy hamstrings anymore, Chris? <laughs> I love it. Paddle that fat ass over here, Chris. That was one of the lines. Get he your said it. fat ass
1: over here, <laughs> Chris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a All right. Strategy.
0: We
1: have 10 minutes. Okay. Speed round. Well, okay. What up?
0: Because I want to make sure we get to.
1: Well, that's in the speed round. Okay. That's part of this. Yeah, but I, I appreciate that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so you're right. Chris, we have, we have eight don't minutes. tell
3: me how to do my. Podcast. <laughs> Chris, Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm doing a pretty good job, Chris. It's right
1: here. What is, it's the greatest lesson you've learned about blank. So. <laughs> it can be broad or narrow. It can be broad and narrow. Yeah, yeah so it, the
3: greatest it, lesson it, I've learned, learned about parenting is from my
1: mother. I didn't say parenting.
3: (laughs) Oh, I thought I had to fill in the blank. You
0: said blank. Uh, You said blank. But tell me, go ahead. This
1: is great. Uh, I will point out that family is on here. Okay, so you start over. I want to play by the rules. No, I want you to do the parenting one.
3: Well, does my mother, did you guys ever see Captain Fantastic? Yeah. Yeah. My mom's as close as as Vigo Mortensen as you can get. Really? I've told this story ad nauseum, so forgive me if you've ever heard me say this before. But uh, in maybe first grade, I came home from school. It was dinner time. And I said to my mom, "Um, Mom, someone called someone a butt humper on the playground today. (laughs) And she goes, Okay. And I go, I know what humping is. Like, do people hump in the butt? And my mom goes, well, there's a lot of nerve endings in the anus. And some women find it pleasurable and others do not. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, I'm clear on that.
0: Yeah, what a
3: And she answered everything like that. I'm like, no no I don't have to protect you from the real world. This is the real world. Yeah. And yeah. What she should have said is, if I, were, if I could rewrite it for her, it would say, there's a lot of nerve endings in the anus. Some women find it pleasurable. The vast majority do not.
0: <laughs> that was the only part that was. It probably little...
3: was more indicative of her own position on it, which is weird to know now.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, my first thought was. <laughs> your mom likes anal I make <laughs> some jokes about your mom, but I don't want you to lunge at me. <laughs> uh, well, that's lovely. Mm. Uh, treat them equally and all that sort of stuff. What about improv? That's an easy one.
3: So, rephrase. The greatest
1: lesson you've learned about improv. Well, yeah,
3: the greatest lesson you learn in improv, where you cannot do it, is to listen. Which, of course, is the generic but very true uh,
1: but nobody does. thing about acting. Yeah, yeah. Which is... Well, acting's on here, too.
3: Okay. So, say, now, I usually I'm i never going to remember the
1: setup for What is the reason. greatest lesson you've learned about acting? I do this. That isn't listening.
3: That isn't listening?
1: That oh. isn't, you can't say listening. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it's like Catcher in the Rye for your favorite book. It's like, I can't.
3: Well, my personal <laughs> breakthrough in acting was, um, and this is personal because other actors are much different and with great success. Um, I, I believe in, uh, I, and it all happened. I had an audition for something. I didn't want to go in on, uh, some airbender movie, something, something in the airbender.
1: Yeah. The airbender movie.
3: Yeah. It was, M. Not I'm Shyamalan. not Shyamalan. Yeah. yeah. And I had to do this monologue and the, the, the language in it was all fake. It was yeah. like the noodle, the neutrons are saying the, drive noodle me are yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like yelling at this guy. And I'm like, I, I'm not even going to go in. Like none of this makes any sense to me. What? And I, I just couldn't figure out what the fuck. And then I just had this breakthrough. I was like, "Oh, this guy's the bad guy." I'm like, "What would I do if I Osama bin Laden was still alive?" Then Mm. I was like, "What if just in my travels I caught this motherfucker and I had him in my garage and I got to talk to him for two hours?" (laughs) I know that I would be relishing in. Oh, I got the power now. Like I could viscerally feel what it would feel like to talk to a captive. Osama bin Laden. (laughs) And then I just... All I did is I just anchored onto that feeling. And then I just spit out those useless words. And for me, it was like an acting breakthrough. Like, And this is a sense memory exercise. People who were trained know how to do. But I have to now... I have to root it to something in my real life and replace whatever I'm talking about with something that's real for me. And that became a breakthrough in acting yeah, for me. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm
3: not saying anything anymore where it's almost not linked to something I can relate to. Cause my, I have the singular goal of finding Dax's voice. Now when I act mm-hmm. and I let the information be the character, whereas in the past I was trying to make a huge character and then the information was secondary, but like, Put me in a suit and hand me a briefcase. There. I'm a businessman. Now, let me just be Dax. Let me be as real as I can be in that uh, outfit.
1: Yeah. I love that. That is cool. I do want it. This is just being sweet for sweet sake. I would always pretend I was talking to Valerie. Yeah. Like, look at them like you're in love. And I would just very vividly picture Valerie. Not that I don't love Madeline or Jamie or whatever, but it was very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to like give that in thing. love look. Uh-huh. So you'd pretend. Or you can use ex-girlfriends really effectively. Yeah. Mm. yeah. A lot of our scenes are based on real, real. I was very lucky that like the anchor was exactly what we were doing. Uh-huh. So it was very, I was very fortunate in that way. Um, what about uh, sobriety? greatest lesson
3: the greatest lesson i learned from sobriety about
1: okay. again i
3: i can't get the format of the <laughs> something question, <right>? amazing <laughs> you you learned about sobriety okay, okay. teach me about sobriety. Is the question though the greatest thing i learned the greatest
1: about, lesson the greatest learned lesson about your sobriety or sobriety in general
3: yeah, yeah so the greatest the single greatest thing that i learned through getting sober is the, uh, one of the 12 steps the fourth step where you take a a moral inventory in 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 in
1: Oh, your wife said that. You take a moral inventory every night.
3: She said yeah, it's that. not every night. She was exaggerating for sure. That becomes more so the 10th and 11th step. Your wife is a
1: liar. She's a fucking
3: stone-cold <laughs> liar.
1: This becomes a video and we all watch Look,
3: you punch Those me. refrigerators are not going to sell themselves. You have to lie. There's, it's part of the job description. But um, it's, a very, it's a genius, Machiavellian uh, constructed step where all they do is ask you to list people you have resentments against. In one column, which is easy for people to do. I hate my second grade teacher. She was a bitch. He was a dick. Whatever. (laughs) Second column is, uh, so let's say it's Brad. I have a resentment against Brad. Second column, why? What does Brad do? Uh, Brad's always trying to get me fired. He's always telling the boss when I'm late and blah, blah, blah. Now, third column, what does that threaten? Well, if Brad gets me fired, I'm out of a job, I'm broke. So it it, it threatens my economic security. Mm -hmm. Now, last column What role do you play in that? Well, if I'm not late for work, there's nothing for Brad to tell my boss. If I'm not turning in my shit, you know, like there's nothing. If if I don't give him ammo, there's nothing he can do. So that's my role. But that's not even the brilliance of it. Even if you have 300 people you have resentments for, you will find that that third column, what fear it's triggering, there's three. We're all operating our entire existence out of two, three or four fears. And you'll find that everyone you have a resentment against was triggering one of these two or three fears. Mm. And just to see it on paper and go, Oh, so I could worry about all the people on planet earth. There's 7 billion of them, or I could attack these three fears. And then I probably don't have problems with any of the 7 billion people. That to me is the breakthrough of AA. I'm like, I to fully comprehend that and recognize at all times I'm, if I'm angry, it's a fear is being triggered. What are they? Economic insecurity is a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, status, where I'm at in the pecking order, is a huge one. Um, uh, stupid that people think I'm stupid, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Just everything revolves around these three things mm. in some capacity,
1: like embarrass- like being shamed, being made stupid, yeah. being a fool. Yeah,
3: because I was learning disabled, went to the remedial room once a day. They knocked on the door. I went. I was a retard. The whole thing mm. for five years, mind you. I did great in school for much more, many more years than I did terrible. But the terrible part was so impactful that I still have a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, that. Yeah. Anything you say, I could evaluate as. Like oh, what do you Cochran? think? I'm stupid.
1: Uh,
2: yeah,
0: Barbara
1: Cochrane on Shark Tank. Yeah. she's always bringing up how everyone thought she was a dummy girl. Oh, up. really? So she's still like buying skyscrapers to be like, like fuck yes. you. Yeah. yeah the fuck you pavilion. Yeah, but
3: that's the thing
0: I noticed that you guys have in common too. It's not for the same reasons, but Pete is also really hard on himself the parts of himself that like didn't understand something or. Oh my God. Disappointing. Yeah. If I think yeah. I'm
1: stupid or don't understand a joke and I see it in other people, uh, we'll have friends, let's say, and they don't understand something. I said like a joke. I, I can't, I yeah. want to make the real example, but I don't want the friend to know who we're talking about. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's yeah. fine. I like, don't you know. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I was like, um, I made a joke using the device of like big pharma or Big Tobacco, I was like, oh, look at me, I'm I'm Big Meatloaf, or whatever it was. Uh And they were like, what? And it was just Uh, like, I, again, my mirror, I was like, how can she not live in absolute fear? Like, she should go bury herself in sand because Uh she didn't understand that. And that's how I grew up. I realized most of my life, I was the guy, I wasn't in, I wasn't actually in remedial reading, but I was trying to like keep up uh-huh. with people that I thought were so much smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, we'll watch The Simpsons and I want to quiz, Val. I'm like, do you get it? I uh, <laughs> do. You, do, you, do you understand that <laughs> reference? You need to understand that, like, in season two, Homer <laughs> said that. That's so it's kind, funny. I'm like, I one time said to you, I hated myself for it. I was like, you know that... Doctor Nick says hi everybody because there was a part where he goes goodbye everybody and I was like you know his catchphrase is hi everybody oh so he's saying goodbye everybody is a joke on oh two levels. Meanwhile, sad. I can't Miles think of enjoying anything worse again. than
3: watching an episode of Simpsons with you. I know, I know.
0: And well, I'm but he's actually I didn't even out. know this, so you you are hiding it well because uh, if you if you watched it the way I did, I'm not trying. Uh, to, no, I know. I'm letting. Evers, but that's Evers, one of the Evers things
1: like... I like. That sounds condescending, but it's actually one of the things I like about Valerie. She's not operating with the same value system. As me. Sure. But what is that threatening? If somebody is dumb, what is that threatening? It threatens my it makes me think that I'm dumb for like being with them. Oh. Uh, that's like, why I love uh, hanging out with you... really, really smart people. I'm like, I'm with these guys. Or it's uh-huh. just that you
0: like had to bully the that part of you yeah, that you thought was dumb. That's so what you I still said. see like dumb and was, you want to bully it.
1: I took the part of them that's still active that was in me, and I took it like in uh what is that movie, Tom Cruise? He's been coming up a lot in this podcast. It's the War of the Worlds. Remember oh, the scene God. in War of the Worlds where he goes into the room and kills the guy because he's going to give up the location of him and his daughter? it's a great vaguely it's a great part uh-huh. there's this brutal scene where the hero of the movie this guy we like a guy. has to murder a guy uh-huh. that's what I did with that part of me it was this heartbreaking like I had to follow him into a back room and hit him with a <laughs> shovel <laughs> and I'm crying as I do it uh-huh. but I'm like this is for our own good it's uh-huh. for our daughter uh-huh. uh, and when I'm <laughs> with people that remind me of that murder I committed yeah <laughs> very yeah. uncomfortable Good Are answer. you having a daughter? Have you told? Is it, it a is secret? A yeah, oh, a so yeah. happy for you guys! Yeah. You have two girls.
3: Yes, That's so exactly lucky. Exactly
0: what we shamelessly want. <laughs> we yeah. want yeah. two girls.
1: <laughs> Being very open about
3: that. I girl. thought yeah. we we thought we wanted a boy. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we were convinced we were having a boy, and so uh, an ultrasound, and we both we were normally because we're approval junkies, like we entertain the fuck out of our OB. I'm
0: right. And oh. she goes, Oh,
3: I chat a lot. Okay, I see. It's a girl. And we were like, "Hmm." and we were just dead quiet for the next half hour to the point where she texts her and goes, I want you to know we're happy we're having it. We've processed it, and we are now excited again. <laughs> right. We realized we got pretty dead quiet. And wow. that's even, we had been calling the fetus Lincoln, because it was going to be a boy. Right. Lincoln. And then when we found out it was a girl, I was like, no, and now we can't even name him Lincoln. And oh, Kristen was like, we can name a girl Lincoln. I was like, oh, we can. It's, it's even he, better. It's like way cooler
0: Is her name girl Lincoln? named Lincoln. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shut the fuck How up. How far apart
3: I love are they? it. 22 months. Do you oh call her Link? Gosh. wow. By her request,
0: she well, wants like, to be called. Blink. Yes, I
3: it's, it wouldn't be my pick, but I do call her Link for Your name her request. Is Dex. <laughs> so cute. I don't have a lot of room to be, yeah, I get it. By the way, didn't give myself that name. Yeah, no, I understand.
1: I was, I don't, we were know. just
3: talking about this the other day. I have an, a tendency there's still, I have a couple of residual like bad, I hate to even say it, but like alpha e things. Mm. Uh, again it was just very prized where I grew up and uh, occasionally they come out and and one of the times is like I met a guy he introduced himself he's like what's up Blaze (laughs) and I go nope try again he goes what I go I'm not fucking calling you Blaze. What's not happening. What? What's your name? Oh. I didn't get to participate in this fantasy you have where you're fucking Blaze. You're like a restaurant. I just stay. couldn't do yeah. it. I'm like, I can't be a party to this.
0: Oh, you're like, so None disagree. of your friends told
3: you, I'm a stranger. I'm going to tell you. No, you can't be fucking Blaze. It wasn't Blaze. his because that is
1: a Nordic name.
3: It's- he was not Nordic. <laughs> Viking oh, yeah, helmet a on, a no sword. <laughs> He's just a dude that thought it was radical to go by Blaze. Wow. Again, now in retrospect, I should have been like,
1: "Good to meet you, Blaze." So no, after he shamed Blaze, which I love, which I, like, <laughs> I want to see there, there, there his face sometimes. when you said my name is Dax. <laughs> that is hilarious because he might have thought <laughs> you were like
0: not the same as Blaze. Like
1: it sounds like a nickname. I thought it was a nickname. It's now Deximus. my
3: mother, my sweet mother. I, lo- sweet I mother like the name. Told <laughs> you about
1: <laughs> anal. Named you Dad. Inter-
3: welcome. Yeah. Introduce me. To, no, that sounds bad too. So you introduce <laughs> you to anal. The world of anal now.
1: Punching myself. <laughs> we. That's my the, favorite thing. The last question. Okay. Is the one that Val also wants. Is. Um, Plastic or hard? Placid. Are you hard right now? <laughs> how? Give us a percentage.
3: Yeah, yeah. no, I was. Uh, I was going to. You're going to ask me how many inches. So I was preemptively saying. I want or hard. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I, I want, want to know circumference. circumference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thickness. Yeah, we're um, all hung up on length. I think it's really about girth. Yeah, really. It's way more about girth.
2: Yeah, it's an
1: interesting yeah. thing. I wish. I wish I. It's all for us. It's all guys. Oh yeah. yeah. What. Length? The obsession. The it's for each other. Well, you were talking about something anthropological. I had this was a. I remember where I was in New York when I realized every time I looked at a man, there was a part of me evaluating whether or not I thought he was going to take my woman or if he would fuck better than me Uh or if he could tear me apart. It was crazy. I think it's a huge
3: underpinning of white black racism between men. I I actually completely agree. And I had the weirdest breakthrough with how I came to that. Uh, There was my favorite director on parenthood who was our main protect, uh, director producer. It was, um, it was um, some Jewish holiday, and he said, oh, every year during this, we have our rabbi over a lot. And we basically just tell jokes, and he started telling me some of the jokes. And I saw this pattern in the jokes. One of them was, it's a great joke. I'm not allowed to tell it, but I'll, I, you notice I'm quoting someone else. <laughs> uh, the joke goes, uh, this Jewish man goes to his rabbi, and no, a doctor. He goes to his doctor and he says, I can't wake my wife orgasm. Um, so, uh, would you have any suggestions? He says, yes, um, go home, have sex with your wife and, um, wave a towel over your head. Am I getting this right? You're going to love it when <laughs> I, I, I get I it right. Do you know this joke?
1: I'll, I'll recognize it. It's no, okay. here's what it is. Here's what it is.
3: He says, go h- find a Gentile, uh, And and have the Gentile, uh, wave a towel around his head and have sex with your wife and she'll orgasm. So he, he finds a Gentile, the Gentile swings a towel over his head and then uh, he has sex with his wife. She does not climax. He goes back to his doctor or rabbi and says, uh, it didn't work. And he goes, huh, that's really interesting. I tell you what, tonight, have the Gentile have sex with your wife, and then you swing the towel over your head. So the man goes home, the Gentile starts having sex with the wife, he's waving the towel over his head, and his wife starts orgasming. He goes, that's how you wave a fucking towel! <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Isn't that great? I so love he that. told me like three of these jokes, and I started noticing the pattern was basically a Gentile was emasculating the Jewish man in yeah. the story. <laughs> right. And I said that Larry I go you realize we have all these same jokes the Gentiles but we just replace them with a black dude so Mm -hmm. in our story uh we would be fearful that a black man could you know satisfy our wife and we Mm couldn't I'm like it's very interesting these like these weird rungs on in how who makes us feel emasculated who makes us feel empowered and that they're all kind of interchangeable based on your rung it's all fascinating but I do think that's a I think it's underpins happening. a lot of the racism, but when some yeah. of your
1: subconscious comes up to the penthouse, and that—that's what we're talking about. And you go, "Oh shit!" I'm instantly going threat. Uh-huh. I used to think maybe I just didn't like people. Sure. Oh, I, I don't like that guy that guy has big dick energy uh-huh. that guy has he abs. Yeah. He's, he's, he seems stupid enough to want to fuck constantly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he has no emotions he just wants to sure. fuck and I don't he's like him like in a my house machine. he's a fuck machine yeah. Yeah. but it's a, it's a really it was a helpful moment <laughs>
0: <laughs> stupid enough to want to fuck
1: constantly he was stupid <laughs> enough to want
3: to fuck he won't even feed himself he'll forget to eat yeah, like Einstein he <laughs>
1: he's what Einstein is he's the Einstein
3: for of fucking, fucking.
0: Yeah. you know wherever Blaze is he's stupid enough to <laughs> oh, want to fuck my God, Blaze
3: is missing many, many a meal many at the expense meal. of <laughs> giving
1: women orgasms that's so funny <laughs> wow uh, this is the last okay question and I mean, it's up to you. Um, the hardest time you've laughed, maybe in your life, can you remember it? Were you a kid? Was it recently?
3: Uh, it's most certainly with my best childhood friend, Aaron Weekly, who to this I know day... I don't know Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, like I just took my three-year-old back to Michigan in May, just her and I for like a week to, to kick around... And I hadn't seen Aaron in, like, a year and a half. He picks me up, and within 45 seconds, he's, like, somehow asked if I ordered food to that hotel. Did I order pizza? And I said, yeah, there's this great, like, seafood place I've been getting pizza from. Like, And we're just off, and it became about that... we were gonna order a bass pizza. And it was gonna have like ten basses laid out. You cut the slice oh, each oh, slice had a bass.
1: <laughs> <slice>. <laughs> yes.
3: And, and then we had all these like and then we were making up like these these slogans for the bass pizza and stuff. <laughs> and we can get within ninety seconds into the most abstract, goofy world. Oh. And I we've been getting there since I was twelve and it would annoy mm. everyone around us, but he, it just no one's ever had my number ever like he does mm. to this day, and he's not into comedy. He's not like a comedian. He mm-hmm. yeah, just properties, and he's a dad in Michigan. But but that somehow that 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 sense of humor I have that was very much forged at twelve years old. Yeah, he is like he, he's my uh, Richard Pryor. I just he, and every so time funny. every time I'm with him, within a half hour, I am laughing to the part, point where I'm crying. That's happening and then I'm pinching my penis because if I don't pinch my penis, <laughs> urine will come out of it. And so often he and I are talking to each other, pinching both pinching, penis. physically pinching our penises <laughs> while we talk. And my wife will be like, Oh my God, you're forty three and you and Aaron are pinching your penises so you don't wet yourselves. And it just happens always and immediately. That makes oh, me so happy. I yeah. love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those people who like form your sense of humor. Yes. And then you get to if you can still know them as adults it's the best
3: oh and the next morning I woke up and I had a text from him and and he's a terrible drawer um, there's just on a he's taken a piece of line paper and he's drawn a picture of what the Bass Master pizza would look like, and he just took a photograph of it and sent it to me. And so, like, I wake up, and I, the first thing I see is this looks like a, uh, a six year old drew this picture, and then I'm off laughing for like six minutes at how cute this picture is. Oh
0: I feel God. like I can picture it really clearly. The yeah.
1: and you also <laughs> dropped that it was called the Bassmaster and we got that at the end. That's how you wave a towel. <laughs> What <laughs> a oh, fucking job! What a great job! Oh, uh, I love it. Well, this is lovely.
3: Yeah, Dex. I'm very glad we did this. You feel good? Yeah, you'll come over to Armchair Expert. And we'll anytime try right. to do a non-repeat version of this. I what is think
1: that? Definitely
3: can. It's two different variety of nicotine. One's four milligram. Oh, one's two your... milligram. This
1: is a nic- nicot- Val told me your nicotine guy. This, oh, these man. are nicotine toothpicks.
3: Oh, so yes, I own those as well. You have these? Yeah, I have anything that nicotine comes in other than cigarettes. Sometimes
1: when I'm writing, (laughs) I like to chew on a nicotine too. Were you a smoker? No. Huh? I'm the only person you'll ever meet. Yeah. I just researched the brain-stimulating, blood-causing benefits of nicotine. And prolongs
3: the onset of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. It does not. Yes, it does. That's one of the weird things they've found out.
1: I heard it does speed up the growth of tumors. If you have a tumor, nicotine makes it grow faster. i am not read that. Which is that. the one-two punch. I don't, I don't buy that. Give it a goog. Where'd you read that? I need a source. Dude, I want I want to believe that this is completely harmless. So if you find out that that's not true. There's a great
3: article in the New York Times. I recommended it to a bunch of people. Psychiatrist had a patient. She took a ton of the gum. She wanted to know, is it safe? He did a ton of research on it. Concluded it, it, the only downside is it does raise your blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure, you shouldn't be yeah. consuming nicotine. I
1: have moderate to low blood pressure, so it's no whoop.
3: But that was it in his really? research. Wow. I've not heard the tumor thing. Let's
1: look up that tumor nic- thing. I just Googled. It was on the first page of nicotine. <laughs> nicotine unhealthy? the
3: problem with searches. If you... F- it's all about because my wife and I get in regular debates, oh, and right. based on how we phrase our Google search, we of course get the results we want. Of so, of
0: course, yes.
3: Is t gel bad for babies? Mm-hmm. Safe for babies? Is I T-gel last night is harmful
1: to babies? Tiger bomb? Okay, when this. pregnant? Yeah. And yes. it's all about that one word. Yeah. You know, so how are you supposed to do it? Don't lead it. Don't ask
3: Google a leading question Well first and foremost Google already knows you're a liberal so that's a problem that's a real yes they do these tests where a liberal types in Jerusalem and what'll come up for them is top 10 places to eat top 10 uh, hotels a right- wing person searches Jerusalem and they'll get six terrorist attacks that happened. From Palestinians, like this is a proven fact. Your Google is curating what you want to read, which is all the more problem with the silo. Is you're in a technological silo too? It's nearly impossible to break out because even your search engine is curating and giving you things you want to read. Whoa! To confirm your worldview. Gnarly.
1: (laughs) Bell laughed because I was. They should almost sell
3: people like sell a right wing person's computer to you. Yes. So you can at least check in with the alternative. Right. right. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I like
1: your nicotine conclusion because its I know it's kind of like, I don't know if it's a taboo thing or not, but it gets me fucking buzzing oh, good. and writing like a motherfucker. And Val, who's sweet and lovely, was like, yeah, coffee and nicotine. First of all, it makes you take a huge shit. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's a Fully huge vac.
3: shit. It's a full evap. It's evac. a
1: full <laughs> Evac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full. Nothing left in there. An involuntary, no wipe necessary dump. Pick up
3: your pace on the way to the bathroom That's right. This yeah. thing's coming quick.
1: It's <laughs> knocking once. Yeah,
3: you, you're, you're crowning. <laughs> you're dilated. You're ready. That baby down. Yeah, but it. Makes you're slowing me... it down. You're not. put bu- don't push. <laughs> I don't push. Whatever you do, don't
1: push. It actually makes me so euphoric that I have to be careful <laughs> that what I'm writing is actually good, because I'll be in this bubble of like everything's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm for. Do you want to pack? No, I, have a, I just, they, I don't want to see what mine don't get
3: me high. They get me well, because I'm addicted to them. So they just, they just get you normal. They stave off the, uh, I don't want discomfort. to sound
1: arrogant, but like, I don't crave them when I'm not. Yeah taking them but smash that was awfully too. arrogant yeah. i wish you
3: had said that i
1: liked you so much prior to that i'm in my witness <laughs> look at pete being pete <laughs> i can't do it you'll catch me being full of shit 12 times if you watch me for a minute um what is that my new catchphrase yeah, yeah okay. dax what an honor people please listen to armchair expert mm-hmm. val's second favorite podcast <laughs> And I would love to come on, and we would love to see you again if we're in, if we're in the awesome. same name. Do you guys you do the show live? You probably don't. You, we do time them live sometimes. Yeah. Doing I haven't comedy. done it since we've done Crashing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a while. It's hard to organize.
0: That's right. You, you know. did a, one at Largo, right?
3: We started at Largo. Then I did Austin, Dallas, and we're doing two shows in New York at BAM, September 22nd. Cool.
1: It's the first thing to come back into our diet once the show is done. We'll start doing that again. Unbelievable. They're so fun. fun. They're so So fun. fun. (sighs) You'll never find, and let's just give some love to podcast fans. You'll never find, if they're in to this, me guessing what Hinduism is about, if they can stick with me through that, they're going to love some stand up or whatever, or me fucking around. Yes. It's some of the best shows of my life. Mm. I've never. I've
3: never been good at internalizing external praise, even though it's all I want. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's all I want. But I've never, when someone stops me on the street to tell me they like idiocracy. Is that the big one? I just go, "Mm, Parenthood was pretty big. I'm not sure. What's funny is I can tell exactly what they're about to say. Mm. It's a dude with glasses and a,
1: you know. (laughs) (laughs) Blaze loves the Batman sketches. Not to say all the people that love the Batman sketches are dumb, but if a college guy did Batman Uh, sketches, come up to me, I'm like Batman. Yeah. You predict it. That's or cool.
3: like, um, again, this is all racial profiling. I apologize for it. But like most Latino dudes that stop me, it's let's go to prison. Yeah. They, they like oh, that movie for whatever right. reason. And most like tech guys like idiocracy. And then racial most women scene. like, pe- pe- you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, not even the, the point is I, I can't really internalize those because I always go, oh, well, that's a Mike judge compliment. That's not my compliment oh, or that's uh, a Jason Kadam's compliment. That's not, hmm. my, you know, but for the first time in my life, I sat out on stage in Dallas, 2,000 people,
2: hmm.
0: and I
3: go, they can't be being polite.
2: Right.
0: They put
3: way too much effort into this. Yeah. They yeah. bought a ticket months ahead of time. They drove here. They got a babysitter. It's real. Finally... They legitimately, this is real. Yes. They <laughs> like this podcast. Right. It's too much yeah. just to be. But and the podcast the
0: is, you is you being you. It's
3: very much true. Yeah. And you're no uploading with every
1: vulnerable story you share about. Your sobriety Your family Whatever it is Because mm-hmm. for me It was a slow Gas leak I was trying Like can I tell them Who I really am Can I tell them uh, Who I really am yeah. And now it's so shorthand When podcast fans come up We really do Talk to them for They sure. probably yeah. have Similar interests for You know sure. what I mean And sometimes they don't And that's okay But if, if they're willing To like listen To my weird side Of things uh-huh. To them then I probably like him. well
3: and then the, the, <laughs> the thing that blew my mind and and again you don't always know if you were asked what is the appeal of your podcast you can't really know no. you can have a theory on it but you don't actually know because right, right. mm-hmm. you're not a consumer of it right and when I've seen Sam Harris live or I listen to his live podcast every person that gets up for the Q&A has this singular goal of proving to Sam that they're a genius
1: interesting mm.
3: And I've just noticed that. And as we've started to do Q&As, I've thought, oh, I bet a pattern will, will appear.
1: I feel yeah. like you're a John Krasinski voice match.
2: Well, John sometimes.
3: does a Dax, and it drives me crazy. He does? He does. Yeah, he does. He, he, and, and I've been around where everyone's laughing hysterically because it's so spot on. I'm like, guys, it doesn't sound anything like that. Uh,
2: I, I
0: can't hear it. I'm Just picking up on the, on the
1: seeds of... There are a lot of people that do impressions of people they already sound like. Sure. So you tell them I Yeah, that. I do Owen Wilson because I already <laughs> you kind already of sound, sound like, like him. Interesting.
3: Uh-huh. But yeah. as people have got up to the microphone to start asking questions of us, they start with... Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm so sweaty. I didn't like the dress I came in. So I tried to buy another one at Ross and then I ran on the street and I came back and my thighs started chafing because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's about six admissions of their vulnerability yeah. before they get to their thing. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what they that's would the want me to know about themselves, that they're flawed. I feel so good about this. Like yeah. I feel yeah. so good that that's the thing
1: people are yes. drawn to Yeah. Yes. and I, I
3: couldn't them. have Tried to do that.
1: You're feeding right. that need. Yeah. People run up to me to tell me that their wives left them. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We've right. always needed a, a space. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we can do that. Well, right. we'll do it. Okay. Oh, we have the guests say, keep it crispy. You want to do it as Owen Wilson?
3: <laughs> yeah, but I got I to like kind of rev up. So I always do the same sentence What's from Bottle down? Rocket. He goes, home. how's an asshole like Mom get such a great kitchen? Can it crispy?
2: <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, Zach <laughs> Thank Let's you. get you out of
3: here I'm crispy My shoes 850
2: I'm so crispy I'm so crispy My ice can't make you just wanna